Street Fighters, welcome to the show. Glad to have you here. As always, we are live. It's Sunday night. Time for a street fight. We are taking your calls tonight. 614-412-5252 is the number to dial. We'll be answering them to the very early morning. We need your small business tyrants, quitting stories, dare officers, military recruitment, or anything else you'd like to share with us. Activism, things you're getting accomplished accomplish in your community. Uh, this weekend, we were actually at the DSA Break Light Clinic fundraiser. So thank you to everyone that showed up to that at the summit. We had an amazing group of bands, Gown, Pink Reason, uh, Birds Vegas. Uh, I can't remember all of them. I apologize. Uh, but Sunset Widows uh, and uh, Marvin the Robot. They donated items to raise money. Uh, I, the DSA went and hung, fly, hung flyers up today. And then October 6th, we're actually going to be out there changing brake lights. And I'm going to be out there for a couple hours uh, flexing my brake light changing skills. Because that is something I can do. Because when you go to the oil change place and they're like, we'll change it for $29.99. I'm like, aren't those bulbs like $6? Like, I can't pay that much to put a bulb in. So, thank you for showing up, uh, checking us out. My name is Brett Payne. My co-host is Brian Quimby. We're Street Fight Radio, the number one anarcho-comedy radio show in any station across the nation. We've been doing it for seven years. We do it the best. We do it on WCRS Community Radio out of Columbus, Ohio. 92.7 or 98.3 if you're inside 270 here, you can listen to us. Or check out streetfightradio.com. You can find links to more shows, bonus material, uh, get updates on our live live tour and uh also them gumball shirts are being pre-ordered right now so if you want a gumball shirt head over to street fighter radio oh (laughs) i'm not selling anything i'm just saying they're they are have the pre-orders have began okay so thank you for being here i'm trying i gotta figure this out real quick thank you for being here brett makes it easier for me to do the show when you're here right there it is how's it going dude how's it going how you feeling how's your weekend going uh so far so good i've been i got to relax today i woke up and immediately watched the first deadpool movie so now that dark cloud that was over the show being that only one of us has seen deadpool has been lifted yeah now Now it's two deadpool fans yeah (laughs) two deadpool fanatics (laughs) i wanted to i was thinking that we could make a shirt that says like Deadpool plus Deadpool equals Street Fight Radio, and then have each of our silhouettes in like a Deadpool outfit. Couple of Deadpools. Yeah. <laughs> this is just like hanging out with a couple of Deadpools. Yeah. The, listen to this show where you can hang out with two Deadpools. Yeah. Um, I loved it. Uh, those other corny ass comic book movies don't show people's heads getting sliced up. No one gets shot in the butthole. No arms and legs get broken. The carnage of that was so good. Especially because I grew up on, like, Out for Justice and, like, Bloodsport and, like, Jean-Claude Van Damme, if you fought him, he's going to break your bones. Yeah. Right? Steven Seagal breaks bones. That's how you defeat an enemy. Right. It's the quickest way to get it, get him out of the fucking way. They're, you're trying to get somewhere. Someone's in your way. Just fucking break their jaw in your hand. Yeah. That's how you defeat an enemy by breaking their bones so they can't fight you anymore. This whole, like, punch them in the head so they pass out thing is not... That's not how things happen, man. No, that's not the world. They'll just wake up and take over the world again. I hate. I. I. Uh, I'm having a tough time with the new comic book movies because the struggle session guys have ruined them for me. Actually, is what happened. I listened to their show and they pointed out how they spend most of their time just talking in rooms, 
And now every time I watch it, I'm like, God, why are they sitting in here in this room talking? Yeah, that's what I liked about <laughs> Deadpool, too, is that, like, oh, there was no serious dialogue. Like, there wasn't, like, CGI characters that were, like, trying to be, like, win Oscars and shit. It was, like, everybody, he was just cracking jokes the whole time. Nothing was fucking serious. And then we got right back to the cutting people apart. It's the same thing as liking wrestling, in a way. It's, like, it's honest about what it is. We were in a conversation with somebody yesterday about that, and at a party and i was just like i mean i like it because it's honest about what it is it knows what it is and who it's going after and it it caters specifically to them you know i i i like honest entertainment you oh, know? for sure yeah i mean <laughs> i would prefer to take a stance on like uh you know where what this is going to be you know i mean deadpool he has to work on some of his race material well, it's white guys writing a movie and right. trying to be edgy and you know, it's 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 kinda like uh I was watching Mayans this week. There is a show on the Chapo bonus feed where we talked about our uh me, Will and Felix talked about our feelings on it, but there was a scene where they were like hanging out and just shooting a shit in a hospital room and it just sounded like a bunch of people playing cards against humanity to me. <laughs> what do you mean? It was just like, they were like being gross, they but were they were like, like abortion out of nowhere. And yeah, stuff? yeah. It was basically like, oh, give this guy a sex change. Oh yeah. And it's just like, uh, that's not funny. You know right. What I mean? Right. But it's like there's a lot of people whose only engagement with comedy is just saying the grossest thing. You know? There's a lot sure. of people who like, you know, when I tell people that I do a podcast and they ask about the kind of comedy that I do. They always want to let you know, like, you know, you know, some people say some pretty crazy stuff in comedy. Like we were just, we were, like I said, we were at a party yesterday. My dad was there and, uh, he was like telling somebody, of course he's a boomer. Okay. So don't get on his case. Well, you can get on his case, but he's a boomer, and he was talking about the movies that you you need to have in your collection. Oh, you great. know what I mean? Yeah, like, I love this. <laughs> the, I'm excited already. These are the DVDs you have to add into your collection to it's, be a real person. It's like the Quinby Criterion Collection. Yeah, the and, Quinby Collection. <laughs> well, he's he, here's the thing, dude. I would love to say this is a thing that's unique to just my dad, but it's yeah. like all dads of that age like these certain like movies, and he was talking about. Uh, airplane like that was the movie he's talking about which by the way i'm talking to my wife today i'm like dead there's no way airplane works in 2018 and it's not and my dad said the famous this is should be a boomer like uh like mantra like their main line oh there's a lot of jokes in that movie you couldn't do these days sure the good old days <laughs> yeah. right we call black people jacksons yeah yeah so like um but yeah, it's like, I think airplane doesn't work just because the humor's corny now. Like, nobody wants to see joke after joke after joke after joke. And like, you get Oh, a I do. Oh, really? Dude, when he's the part when he says, don't call me Shirley, I love it. Oh, okay. Well, <laughs> if that's what you're into, everything just changed in my headphones. Like, ah, there it is. But yeah, I just think that like, uh, I just think that kind of stuff, I feel like it doesn't work anymore. The, the, oh, you'll have 500 jokes in this movie, but 496 of them aren't going to land. No, you just keep rolling on the floor laughing. <laughs> That's what they did back then. They were just shows so shocked. It's like, wait a minute. They just did a joke. Cause if you watch a movie like Animal House, you're like, where's all the goddamn jokes in this movie? <laughs> this movie's not funny at all. And like, cause when I watch, I know it's just somebody having fun is funny to them. Like, <laughs> they were so repressed. <laughs> yeah. Well, I assume that maybe I would love to have my kid 
maybe I should have my kid, Gwen, watch uh, um, Old School, which was like a big fucking deal of a movie at a period in my life where it was like they will never make a movie funnier than Old School. Right. And I haven't seen it in years, so I don't know what it's like now, but... I wonder what she would even if that kind of comedy could even work now. We're gonna know? have to do we're gonna do some testing. We need to use your daughter as a, an experiment. We need to make sure that our we need to show people that even our like sacred cows get destroyed by youth. You know, it's like that's fine. You fine? I love it. I don't I think want it's their great. stuff anyways. Right. I was talking about how uh, I I I a long time ago had Gwen watch uh, Gwen and my niece Zoe. Had sat them down to watch Naked Gun thinking they were going to love it. And I was embarrassed within like five minutes of that movie. Because like not only were they not laughing, but I was like, this sucks. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, comedy isn't something that holds up for very long. You know, no. the wind changes so quickly. Oh, yeah. And like what's sarcasm was big, then it's irony. And then all the sarcasm just looks like. So they're just saying stuff they don't mean, you know, or yeah. like. They're just well, being mean for no reason. And a lot of those com the like airplane, like that was another thing that was like, this is just like we're performing comedy See, in I, a movie. And like I love that though. I respect the hell out of it. But you Yeah. <laughs> I mean you like musicals and stuff too. Like you True. have a way better ability than most people to go back and, and appreciate things from the past and in a way that I just never did. I just, I, my dad like recommended animal house to me like a hundred times. And I finally watched it and I was like, that movie sucks. Like there's Dude, nothing good about that movie. The move, my favorite, seriously, the movie, I think the funniest of all time is Fletch with Chevy yeah, Chase. I've tried. And I just, it just, I, I would love to do something that good where it's just some like loser Floating through all these people's lives and wisecracking them the whole time yeah. and not giving a shit. It's like Deadpool, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, Deadpool's like that. Yeah. I love that. I don't mind. I really love mile a minute jokes. It's like, keep them rolling. Let's see how long we can chain this thing together. You know? Yeah, yeah. It is. And I'm, the stupid shit, too. I love stupid. Like this, like I said, don't call me Shirley is like one of the is fucking great for me. Ham on five. Hold the mayo when he's answering all those phones. Yeah. And he's yeah. like saying all these crazy things <laughs> like that. I, when I watch that, I just it doesn't connect with me. It like really is one of those things in those early movies where like it felt like they were just like they sat down and they wrote like 500 jokes and then wrapped a movie around it. And it like, I can, I, it's the same thing that I have when I watch stand up now. It's like, ah, this is just jokes. None of this is, <laughs> like, there's nothing to this. It's just jokes. But I know, you know, I'm not bad mouthing people who do things like that. Like stand up, I think is fine for a thing for people to do. Just when I watch it, it just looks like, mm, this is just a guy up here just doing prepared jokes. No yeah. fun for me, you know? <laughs> Wow! Yeah, you're downer. So I you am only a downer. people just should just yell their thoughts, their brand new thoughts that come into their head into a microphone. That sounds right to me. I don't, also don't think ri- don't prepare. Like I try to think about what I like in comedy because I just watched that movie Tag and wasn't super into it, but I was really excited to watch a big budget comedy. Right, like, because I like just haven't seen one in a fucking hundred years. I haven't seen a big budget comedy in forever, because it feels like they don't make them anymore. It really does. Like, I I can't think of the one before Tag that was a huge thing, and uh, you know, it it was okay, 
but it just didn't resonate with me. I just didn't feel like I was getting a lot of laughs, you know, like sure. I, I just, I don't know what it is. It's like a part of me is like, I want something. I think I want something that wasn't supposed to make me laugh, make me laugh. Yeah. You the, know, that's you prefer what I like. To, yeah. You prefer to just watch something bad and it's funny because it's bad. Yes. Yes, exactly. Like that, like a lot of the TV and a lot of the movies I watch and enjoy love are bad. You're I just, a destroyer. I, you can put it like that, but at least I'm like, like when I don't feel ripped off when I see those movies, like I feel like I'm paying for what I like and what I like is bad, you know? Right. Like I like bad writing. I like, I, I, I guess I don't, I, I can't really figure out why, but it's just, I've gotten into this mode where you want to like, reward ignorance. You want to reward the most <laughs> unself-aware, ignorant people to keep making art. Yeah, I. Yeah, well, that's true though. We've talked about this in the past about like I want people to write, like regular people to write, and I don't care if it's bad. And I would never like, you, you, like I don't care if it's bad. I just want to see their opinions because I feel like there's a lot of really funny shit. And a lot of things that happen that don't ever get captured by film or television or book because there are, people are afraid to like put themselves out there. Like regular people don't have like a, a voice and they're kind of afraid to put things out there. It kind of ties to history in a way, even where it's like when you read history books, the reason everybody believes in like that great men of history theory is because the only people that were able to write books were the great men of history. Sure. <laughs> and like that's why the people's history of the United States will always blow people away because it's like, oh, these were people that were like not real cool yeah. with it, you know? These were the people that were standing on the sidelines while these fuckers blew up their whole towns and shit. Yeah, but how many fucking crazy people, like how many people did you hang out with growing up that were genuinely fucking hilarious in a way that you've never seen captured. Right. And you're just like, oh, why can't somebody capture that? Because I'll belly laugh at people. There's a guy named Rob that I used to work with back at the cable company. I genuinely think he's like the funniest guy I've ever met. He was, but he was like, you know, he wasn't like classically trained. He wasn't doing jokes. It was just the way that he said things always made me fucking laugh, you know? Yeah. Yeah, I know. So. I don't know. I don't know what it is. It's like, I, it feels like, I guess when it comes to being funny, <laughs> if I think you're trying, then I, it's almost like, eh, I can do without that. But, you know, I try. I'm trying. So. So you wouldn't like yourself? I don't think so. I'm in the minority, though, you know? But I like a lot of podcasts, like, like Doughboys, I think is a really funny show. And I know they're trying to be funny, but I also get a vibe that they're not trying. Like, the things that they say. Like, they make it seem like they're not trying to make people laugh, but they are. They're definitely going in there trying to, but that's, like, my favorite podcast, you know? So, I, there are, there is a way to do it that makes me laugh. It just doesn't feel like, you know, it just doesn't feel like, like, Hollywood is going to make that thing that kills me now. Mm -hmm. I, I just don't think it's possible. Yeah. I like, uh, I will always, I like, I'm a man of the people. I like what gets regular people going. Well, I dude, like to you, be right in there with them. Yeah, you like Tyler get, Perry. You like see all of some, Tyler Perry's some. movies. You'll sit and watch it all. I mean, I like Kevin Hart. I Just me and my wife were just sitting and saying, like, why can't they get Kevin Hart and a rock in another movie? It's like, what's going on here? Yeah. <laughs> like, I'm sure it's happening. Yeah. Yeah. But, I, yeah. So, why don't we, uh, we, we got a, uh, a call that we have to take, right? 
Do we? Well, we have a bunch of calls we have to take, but let's, uh... Did you lose that piece of paper I already gave you? It's it's under your feet. Oh, sorry about that, folks. I uh, got a piece of paper here, quite important. We got to feed the paper into our uh, machine to it's, get the calls coming in. It's the file. That paper is actually the file. It's like a microfiche from one of those movies. All right. Uh, who's our first call? You got him on there? I'll get somebody on here. It's the first person on the show. Oh, the first. Le- okay, I didn't know what order I'm supposed to do this in. I'm using this mouse, too. Using two computers, folks. If this is the first time you've listened to the call-in show, you should know I, I operate two computers while I'm doing this. I don't operate one. I just use my phone because I am a man of the people, and men of the people look at their phone all day. Oh, now it's a competition? Yeah. Yeah. You got you to gotta watch something more than the dude bro shit, dude. What? You gotta be a man of the people. I don't watch you just watch dude bro comedy. stuff. I don't watch just dude. Well, I do. I yeah. mostly what I watch is macho bullshit <laughs> and right. the British baking show. Yeah, that's a great show. That shows like therapy. <laughs> that shows like therapy. Brett's like, well, now that's something. Okay. <laughs> well, that show's great. It's like that is like the best vibes on any reality show I've ever seen. Like they are just so cheerful and willing to help each other and there's no like conniving or like hair getting pulled out or any of that shit yeah no they, they like help each other like someone like oh i noticed meredith was struggling on her cake so i went over and gave her a few of pieces of mine you know i also so last night we watched one brett and uh, one of the challenges was pizza and these british people oh they don't know shit about pizza they they're that know. close to italy and don't know shit about pizza <laughs> they don't they were like so like well i, I don't eat pizza what is it just bread with tomato sauce and it's cheese a- on it a crisp like, <laughs> crisp with ketchup on it <laughs> and i was like yo you guys gotta learn pizza over there yeah, what figure. do you get when you're hanging Shit, out with a bunch man. of people let's move to the uk open up a fucking real new york pizza joint real columbus ohio columbus pizza ohio joint. pizza sorry open up a donato's over there that's a good idea franchise no I'm, we just steal the recipe and dude, take it over there i'm telling you you open up an ohio style pizza place in new york and there it's that's in true. time out new york and in, in the three weeks people are like what in the heck is this is the best thing i've ever seen yeah you and your buddies can scrape together enough money to get a huge pizza you all get like 18 slices they're like new york pizza this pizza we've been eating for years is old this is a disgrace yeah they've revolutionized pizza they (laughs) figured it out in columbus ohio all right let's uh get these folks on the line uh thank you for calling street fight who are we talking to we're talking about Aubrey Citizen. Hey, boys. Hey, Howdy. Aubrey. What's up? Not much, man. How are you? I'm okay. I'm feeling good. I ate a Cliff Bar before we went on the air. I usually get sick Ooh. when we record this show and because uh, of Kratom and getting high and stuff like that. I just really mess up my insides when we record. So, And it's a hot room. So uh, today I'm feeling good because I ate a Cliff always, Bar. Do <laughs> you always get all high before doing your shows? No, he's not a. He's not at all. He just fronts like he does. I'm sober right now. Well, I took kratom. I haven't smoked any weed yet. I usually wait a little bit before I go on stage. I don't even. I get high on stage. Like I wait until we've gone through the first big bits of the show, and then I'll hit my vape pen while I'm up there. <laughs> <laughs> you work that into the bit. No, I mean, the, but yeah, part, he, he usually hands part, it. Like that's the punchline. He hands it around to people usually. Yeah, it's what it is. It should be like your shucky ducky quack quack. It kind of is. No, what it is is when I was a kid, I went to a concert, uh, Cypress Hill, 311, and uh, damn, Farside, right? 
And uh, Farside smoked a huge bong on stage while they were up there, and nobody else did. And when I left, all I cared about was Farside. Like, I was like, that's the coolest (laughs) thing I've ever seen. So now I'm like, I'm going to be the Farside. I'm going to smoke weed on stage. Makes I'm, sense. I'm, I'm surprised that Cypress Hill didn't smoke a big old bong. Wasn't that their thing? I was surprised that they didn't smoke any weed on stage either. Maybe they were just like, because, you know, maybe getting high in a green room before and you get out there and you're like, I don't really need anything, you know? No, that's not a common thought amongst <laughs> weed smokers at all. <laughs> nope. <laughs> I yeah, would I never think that. <laughs> That's how I am. I'm like, I'm high now, man. I'm singing. I'm doing some raps. I'm feeling good about myself. Yeah, you got to get higher, baby. Yeah. Yeah, Brett is a very... Shoot the moon. Brett is a very, like, just keep getting high. We did a live gig on Friday, and uh, he smoked a joint before, and then we had these punk bands playing between the sets, but they only played for 20 minutes, and then he would get hot. He would smoke more weed during the bands and then come up and i was like how do you do this i just i blank no when stress. i'm high no i stress, plateau dude. at a certain point right i plateau i get i get i don't know i get i get full high i can't do anymore i do too i think everybody does brett just doesn't care about it but yeah. it, brett has also said to me in the past he was like you don't get full high you can keep getting higher and higher yeah <laughs> he doesn't believe in that Heck, you don't you don't think it's full high exists I don't think Brett thinks it. <laughs> no, I mean, I, I mean, I guess I do. If I keep doing the same thing, but I can, I can up it. Like I can always get more crazy. I feel like. Yeah, he smokes a bunch of different. Like Brett does every sort of delivery system That's of marijuana. That you, like he smokes, he smokes it, he vapes it, he eats it, he does tincture, he does dabs. Like, all in one, like, every day, like, goes through all these different methods. So I think maybe you don't plateau when you keep upping it like that. I think that's the thing, man. And I, I don't think you can pla- – I don't think there's a plateau if you're doing edibles. I think the sky's the limit there, man. Yeah, that's true. Um, I mean, when you ingest it, it just – it can it gets way out of hand, and it doesn't really, like, stop. It just will – I mean, if you do too much on edibles, it just gets – too uncontrollable. Well, I quit edibles. It's a real good way to ruin your night. Yeah. Man, I just started doing dabs because we do, um, in Dungeons and Dragons, a friend of mine got a dab set up. And so, we, and so I, do, I, I can only do one and like be able to function at Dungeons and Dragons. Uh, I it love is it. my favorite shit. Yeah, dude. It's but super it, clean. And it lasts for like six hours. That's the thing is what I, I love it because when I go to my weed guy's house, he's always like, you want to dab? And I'm like, hell yeah, because then I don't have to smoke weed for the rest of the fucking day. <laughs> Yeah, dude. And was... it comes on like it comes on kinda easy too. When I take a big old bong oh, I feel like my eyes are like like spinning around in my head, you know? And I like it. But like No, the other day like, I got one sudden... The other way I got one and my eyes were sparkling. Like it was a lot. <laughs> it was a lot. I don't do bongs or edibles at all anymore. I'm like done. I'm done like testing my body. I did that. I've done all the body testing I'm going to do. And now I'm just like, I like to, I like to just get a little bit stoned. That's yeah. like my whole thing now. He's like, uh, he's yeah. like, he has a, a, a roach clip with a feather on it. And he just takes one hit, one tiny hit. I'm the dad that <laughs> drinks a beer and a half, but still gets down with everybody at the That's party. That's true. You know? <laughs> Dude, that's a real nice thing about 2018 is that you can just, that there are enough delivery mechanisms 
and they're measured out well enough that True. you can just get a little high, man. You can eat a five milligram gummy yep. after lunch every day and just be a little bit stoned. It's perfect. <laughs> I like it. He's an after lunch, like specific time when he eats <laughs> gummy. That's what, I, that's what I do. I, after lunch, I have, I have lunch and I eat a little gummy and it like, if you eat it on a full stomach, it absorbs slower, so it's kind of just like a more mellow high that lasts longer. I have a I have a gummy and a cup of coffee, and I'm ready to just to, to tackle the rest of that day, man. Yeah, yeah, I don't. Yeah, just to say, like, I don't. I try to keep it pretty mild throughout the day. Like, I just want to not be stressed, but I don't want to be confused and shit. So. I mean, during the day, I'd keep it. It is a very small yeah. amount that I usually go with. Like, I hit the corners of my bowl. You know, I'm not yeah. like clearing it every time. Well, the, the only time me and you hang out during the day, though, is when we're on tour and yeah. you're a different human when we're on That's tour true. than you are when you're at home. <laughs> yeah. We both are. We're both terrible for our yeah. body. Our touring is bad for our body. <laughs> we did all right this time. We got when are y'all going to come? When are y'all going to come be bad to your bodies out in Los Angeles? With uh, me? When are we going to be bad to your bodies together? There's a wrinkle in the. There's a wrinkle in this thing. Well, let me explain the wrinkle for all the West Coast people. We want to bring our families out there. Uh, my daughter has always wanted to go to LA. It's the only place she ever talks about. It's like, if I don't get her to LA, then I will, you know how like people are like, if I don't take my kid to Disney world, then I'll feel like a failure as a parent. Mine is LA. Okay. Like she wants to Disneyland go there. Is, Disneyland is near LA. Yeah. But she wants to go there. Burns, baby. She wants to go there and eat like charcoal ice cream and like do what all of her vloggers do, you know, like all the, like, I would. I don't want. Yeah, I don't want to say hip stuff because it's definitely not hip. It's like all the Instagrammable stuff that you can do in LA. That's what she wants to go and do. And okay. uh, so we we want to bring them with us out to the West Coast. Plus, it's just like you know, uh, my wife especially, but even Brett's wife too. Like they deferred a lot of vacations and dreams and things that they wanted while this happened, and uh, we want to pay them back, but. I can't pull my kid out of school for a week. Yeah. And vacation days are uh, yeah. vacation days are hard to come by. We are sort of tentatively looking at uh Christmas, the week of Christmas, uh the twenty sixth through we'll be out there for a week. So we are yep. looking at that, but my wife is having is gonna have to try and figure out if she can get it. we are coming to the West Coast. We are dumb if we don't go out there do at it, this point. Do it. Dude, Christmas in LA is a hoot. Um, because it's just, it's so fucking nice and there's palm trees everywhere. It's a trip. Like it still kind of trips me out every my, year. My dingus it. wife will probably be like, I wish, I don't know if I could do Christmas if it's not snowing. Yeah. Do you see what happened with Christmas with the cranks? Yeah. They tried to take a trip <laughs> and we did not work out. Well, Brett's wife's the same way. We just have like super traditional types of wives that we're are cis, cis, cishet normative. Yeah, and they're just so traditional in that they're like they want Christmas to be, and it never fucking snows here. It never snows. It does. Does it? It has recently. Yeah. Oh, okay. I mean, I don't remember it snowing a lot here for Christmas. Like through my life, I'm, my wife writes like poetry about it when it happens <laughs> and shit. You know. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think that shit melts away in the California sunshine. You can go, you can wear a t-shirt on Christmas day. Can we make man. a big pile of mud and put a carrot nose on it and a little beanie cap? What, in LA? Yeah, yeah. There's, there's, no, there's no water for mud. That's the first thing. There's no uh, water at all. Yeah, there's no water there, <laughs> by the way. It's a, it is an arid wasteland. We do rock, it's beautiful. Man. You'll love it. 
Are you love it? Do, do you love LA? Do you like? Because we know LA. we know that you moved from Virginia. We talked well, about that directly. on the third so, show. Yeah, so I grew up in Virginia. I grew up in Richmond, and I was eighteen. I moved to New York, and I lived there for New York City. I lived there for eleven years, um, and I moved out here uh, in two thousand twelve. Bro, I adore it out here. Better than until, like better than New York. 100%. Yeah, man. I lived in New York for like, it took me like six years just to even be able to tolerate New York. Just <laughs> it's like so much and like just so aggressive all the time. And like, I got to the point where there, there are things I really loved about it. But then when I moved out here, it only took, you know, it took until like February when I realized I could go outside and like my body wouldn't hurt immediately because of how cold it was. And man, it's, I think it, I, I, I'm getting kickbacks from the LA tourism board apparently, but I think it's like all the, it's all the good shit about growing up in Virginia, right? And the, there's space and people are real polite and friendly. Um, but also it's this big, crazy cosmopolitan city with lots of shit going on, which I didn't have when I was growing up in Richmond. So, um, yeah, man, I, I, I think it's fucking great. And my wife, my wife's from New York, um, from Queens. And so it was like a, it was a tougher sell for her, but even she now, she goes back to New York and she's like, oh my God, this place is dirty and loud and filthy and crowded. And I got to get back to California stat immediately. My feeling is that yeah. it's kind of going to be the same. Like the way I think about LA now is that like, we, we I, Brett and I talked about this per, privately, but I was saying like people in LA don't have to suffer through bad weather, and that's why they're so like, hey man, hey, because I always had a vibe that they were I just agree. too laid back and stuff. They're space cadets, <laughs> and they don't go through anything. But like now, when we go to New York, like I love it there. But I think it's mainly because our peers are there. Like we can hang out with a bunch of people that do basically the same thing we do for a job. That you know, maybe a little different. Yeah. and that's where I have a lot New of fun. Great to visit, man. New York is great to visit, man, but it's a lot living there all the time. And it gets worse, too, just because, I mean, every, I don't know, everywhere gets worse. Um, right. For, <laughs> well, for all you the hear, same reasons, right? You hear so many people <laughs> complain about L.A. being, like, this place where everybody's full of shit and they just talk about work all the time and, and all this stuff. But it's like, have you ever been to, like, Washington, D.C.? Yeah, dude. It's <laughs> the same shit everywhere. Yeah. I'll say this, though. Like, people, people warn me about that when I moved out here because they're like, oh, you know, you're from New York and you're – New York, you're gonna, you're an East Coast guy, and you're you're real, and you're not gonna like how fake all these people are. Let me tell you something. I love how fake all these people are because I don't because because like if you're, I would rather like people talk about they're like oh you know in New York people you know they'll tell you if they don't like you you know and they'll just let you know right up front if they don't like you. Um, but the, why is that good? Why yeah. be polite to be? Just, just be nice. Let's just like get through this social encounter, yeah. even if you fucking loathe me. Like just, let's just like not make this any harder than it actually is. And I agree, dude. It is because of the weather. There's like two weeks of good weather in New York, like spread out across the entire year, <laughs> and and like so people are miserable. They're angry. They just get in the bar. And they're just ready to fucking fight somebody because it's so miserable outside. Uh, LA is much. It's I tell people there's a lot more to like about New York. A lot like numerically, like more things to like about it. But the weather in LA, it counts for like 20 or 30 different things. And it, it impacts everything. It's, it's hard to be pissed off all the time when you live somewhere that's so fucking nice. Yeah. So you, uh, just got a comic out just now, right? The, the history, what, it, say the name of it. We're still, we're, we're one week, one and a half weeks away. It's a comic book story of professional wrestling. 
I have seen parts of it. I haven't read. I haven't got to see the whole thing. But I will say this to the to the people that are to the people that are listening, uh, especially if you're into wrestling. This is a good book. I have read Aubrey's work, and I read all of your GI Joe stuff that got you in trouble for being an SJW. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Why did they? Why? <laughs> I I still think about the fact that like it, the coolest. It was so cool that you turned that like what you did with that book and it sucks what they uh it sucks that they got you kicked out of you know it sucks that whatever happened happened you know they were so mad like it's i don't know i have enough distance from it now where i think it's funny too but it's, it's bananas just how like just ballistic these guys went over like and they still like they still bring me up and like talk about me and it's like you know the whole Congregate thing or whatever but like the stuff that they bring up they're just like i can't believe he turned salvo right like I don't know if you're a G.I. Joe, if you're a G.I. Joe fan, Salvo is like a D-list G.I. Joe character, right? He's nothing. And we changed him, we, he was like this, he was like a big, muscly white guy with a lot of guns and a shaved head and a t-shirt that said, the right of might. Okay. And felt like, that's a lot, right? Like, that's, yeah. I don't know, like, that's, that's, that's like very, like, alt-right vibes. And so we changed it to, like, we modeled her after Nia Jax from WWE, and we changed her to this big, muscly Samoan woman, and she's amazing. And those guys just went apeshit, bananas about it, man. Like, they just couldn't, it, I don't know, it just it set something off in them. It's, been, it's wild. It's weird that, like, the comics world seems like about once a week, there's a bunch of right-wing people freaking out about something. And, like, it, it's it, constant. It and it's stop. interesting. It's, it's it's also interesting to me, though, that it seems like Marvel and DC and even well, a lot of indie comic people are writing more like diverse stories and, and stories about different kinds of people. And like, uh, but there's this it, just like the rest of the United States, you know, every there's this there's tons of people that are ready to move forward. But then there's this like small group of white men, usually <laughs> that are just trying yeah. to keep pulling it back and like their argument generally boils down to i wish there were less women and and people of color in these comic books 100 percent. that's 100 percent what it boils down to and like for me there was the added um wrinkle that i'm a pretty lefty dude and no those guys certainly don't like that right um, yeah. Well, and it was G.I. Joe. I think, I think like the thing about it was Joe. they they yeah. I, I can guarantee you when they announced like a relaunch of G.I. Joe that a bunch of right wing people got really amped and thought it was going to be some some right wing shit. Because, I mean, G.I. Joe is like so easy to do right wing, you right. know? Yeah. Yeah. It's wild, though, like because the the guy who originally wrote all that Marvel's G.I. Joe stuff, Larry Hama, like he's not a leftist, but he's a pretty like like he calls himself like an. I don't know, like a, I'm gonna butcher it if I try to say it, but he's like a, he's like a, he's like a liberal progressive guy. Like he's a, he's a, he's a vet and everything, but like he's, he wrote all that stuff. If you read it, like it doesn't read like crazy right wing propaganda, but I think that because of the military aspect of it, it did have a lot of expectations from that crowd. Also, I think that this is, it's the same thing that's happening. We see it happening in, I don't know, any fandom, right? Where, you got these guys, and like you said, they're they're mostly white, mostly male, mostly a little bit older, and for however many years, decades, right? This has been their little fiefdom, right? This has been their little yes. domain, yeah. and they don't, you know, it's it's real sim like it's real similar to, I mean, it's it's the same, it's not real similar, it's the same fucking thing. These guys, their lives suck, right? 
right? Nothing's going right for them. And they feel like, oh, well, at least I have my my power fan, my straight white male power fantasy superhero books. At least I've got that. And then when they see other stuff coming in, and maybe they're, the things that they're not, they like aren't getting enough attention, it just kind of like, and there are guys, there are agitators out there um, who latch onto that. And they do their crowdfunding campaign. They're grifters, man. They're con men, but not but not like cool grifter con men like we like, right? Yeah, like yeah. They're guys who are monetizing these like very like um, reactionary uh, preferences for comic books, and they're monetizing it through their crazy Kickstarter and Indiegogo campaign. Well, and there's a lot of people out there that probably don't remember this, but really, it wasn't that long ago that like they were going to have Donald Glover play Spider-Man and people right. fucking freaked out. Like, and it got him oh. taken off the movie. You know, they were like, nah, never mind. We're not going to do this. And, uh, it's, it's a, that world. I like the people I have now, uh, found myself, you know, with uh, knowing, you know, I know you and I talked to a few other people that have, have done stuff in the comic world. And like, I know that there are very progressive people there, but it feels like a place that's very, like, it seems hard and slow to move towards more representation there. And it, it, it yeah. feels hard. Yeah. You're dealing with a general public fandom and there's people that have all of these ideas about these characters that justify all of their like bigoted thoughts, you know? And, and yeah. like, that's just who you're going to deal with those situations. You know, it's so hard to de- to to not get that reaction from people when you're messing with those characters that they are so convinced we're all white guys. I know, know? I know <laughs> that you yeah. can't even have. They get one. They were like, "Why didn't you? You know, they're why didn't you put William Refrigerator Perry in there? He's a black guy. You could have kept my other white guy the same. It could have yeah. been all white guys and William Refrigerator Perry." <laughs> I think part of the problem, honestly, so if we talk about comics in America, right, you're talking about primarily superhero comics, because since the 40s, with like a brief, brief break in the 50s, and it, you know, it came back with a vengeance in the 60s, superheroes have been a genre that have defined the medium of comics in America, right? And uh, a friend of mine, Howard Chaikin, is this brilliant, um, legendary cartoonist and writer. He He says that Superheroes are all about achieving um, liberal and progressive goals via fascist means, right? And I think that's really, I think it's really astute, and I think it's it's a smart way of looking at, at superheroes because it, well, they were a power fantasy for a lot of kind of like liberal leaning folks who were making these things, who originally created these characters in the forties and sixties. But as we know and have seen, you know. There's a difference between liberal and leftist, right? And these are liberal heroes, and people can like latch on to kind of these like softened liberal messages, right? Without engaging with like kind of the underlying leftist themes. In some cases, are there, in some cases, aren't. And those folks, they don't get the full lesson, right? And so it's easy for them to. A lot of these guys, a lot of these guys who are part of these like movements, they still consider themselves like like they're like the classical liberal guys, yeah. too, obviously, like the libertarians, right? But like, but they're also but they're also folks who like they really do. They consider themselves um, leftist or at least centrist, or not leftist, liberal or at least centrist, um, because they, uh, because it's so easy to get kind of caught up in this fervor because it's kind yeah. of a um, it's a it's a it's a toothless ideology that they that these things a lot a lot of these characters have been built around, and so it's easy for people to kind of project onto it whatever they whatever they want, which is what makes them 
such enduring characters, but it's also how you get folks who seemingly seemingly miss all the lessons of Captain America or whoever you know yeah. you want to point at. So with this new project, though, you're not we're not learning any lessons from the comic book story of professional wrestling. Uh, I did get a chance to read through the copy you sent me, and I uh, was pretty impressed because you included a lot of. You included Ring of Honor, New Japan, Chikara was even mentioned in there. So um, it is always nice to have and something that looks this great, too. I mean, the art is really fucking animated. And Chris Moreno is my co-creator. He's, yeah. he's amazing. Chris Moreno, yeah. But well, it's I, all the same. I mean, like, all of it, there's no DV. The characters all, like, I, I mean, they're just solid, fleshed out, and, like, they have weight to them and there's a lot of action in this thing. It's like 170 pages, I think. And it goes through yeah. absolutely everything. I, I mean, I would say that anybody could read this and think that they love pro wrestling. And as <laughs> soon as they turn on pro wrestling, they're going to be like, no, I still fucking hate pro wrestling. <laughs> <laughs> I want to say, yeah, I, I do think, I think something that like, I think about that, like now that he's even said that is that like, it's so cool to see a book about professional wrestling that doesn't just tell the story of WWE. Like that is a, that is a, like a lot of books that tell this story just tell the story of WWE and WCW, but there is a lot of other stuff out there and there's a lot of other great stories. Yeah. We, man, that's, thank y'all. That's really nice to hear um, because we work really hard. I mean, um, Chris is one of the best in the business and he, He's the perfect guy for this book because he's so good at caricature, right? And like, sure, that's what it's it all is. nonfiction. Yeah, it's all nonfiction. So he's gonna have, he had to draw like hundreds of different wrestlers for this thing, right? Um, and he had to make them all look distinct and look like themselves, but without doing like the tracing light box thing, which always looks like stiff and wooden and terrible. Yeah, he's brilliant at that, and he's brilliant at period stuff, and he's so smart about finding visual ways to impart information. I was able to go through and like cut a lot of my like jibber jabber and stuff. But man, I, uh, I'm, what I'm really happy to hear is that y'all think it's suitable for non-wrestling fans because that was like foremost in our minds because we want it to be, you know, obviously we put in a lot of like Easter eggs. If you're a hardcore wrestling fan, you're going to read this and you're going to, Hopefully, learn something since it's dense and there's yeah, a lot. There's in a here, lot. But... There's there. You don't know everything that's in this goddamn book. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's a lot, man. Uh, but it was like you're going to see all the Easter eggs. and It's going to you know stoke your nostalgia and all. But we really wanted it to be something also that you could hand somebody who doesn't get wrestling or somebody who's just started to get into wrestling and they're overwhelmed because uh, you know wrestling fandoms like every fandom can be pretty fucking awful and like gatekeeper well high cost like, of entry it's the same as comics yeah, it's dude. why i can't get into comics is because it's the cost lot. of entry is like a lot like there's so like wwe wants five hours a week from you and some weeks they want nine you know yeah. so it's like it's too much. it is a lot so when i try to explain it's supposed to be a primer yeah I show people one this match. Primer, that you can pick this thing up, you can read it, and you, you know, you won't know everything, but you'll have a working knowledge, and you'll get it. You'll, you'll understand what the hell people are talking about, even if you don't ever plan on watching wrestling. You just want to, like, understand why everybody's freaking out on Monday nights and one Sunday night of the month. Yeah. This book will explain why. And it's cool yeah. to be able to send people to something, because, like, usually what I do now is if somebody asks me about wrestling, I'll send them to, like, one or two matches. And be like, just watch these, and if you like them... What are the matches? Which uh, ones do you use? I always send people to uh, Okada versus um, Shibata from last year. Oh, uh, yeah. Um, and uh, 
Necro Butcher versus Samoa Joe <laughs> from IWA <laughs> Mid South. Cool. And like, I'm just, yeah. Well, they just they're because Necro Butcher Samoa Joe looks like an old style wrestling match where people thought where people thought they might get beat up in the audience. Like Bruiser Brody was really good at, you know, rampaging through the audience and making it look like he was going to actually kill a person. (laughs) And like, that is the kind of thing that like, because it's hard to explain to people like why it's so great, like to see it live, like why, Oh yeah, I know they're fake fighting, but I get into it. Like, and, and there are reasons to get into it. And these guys like, these guys just look like they might hate you. You might be in danger. It's it's there. You're part of the show is the important thing about wrestling. And there's a lot of things where you're not part of the show. When you go see a rock concert, they're going to play the same goddamn songs every night. They're not going to play. They're not going to play like new. You know what I mean? They're not going to change it up just because of the room. But in wrestling, you have to be fluid like that. Yeah, man. It's a, it's a really unique medium. And I think it's, like, some people call it a genre, right? They're like, oh, it's like a genre, like soap operas or police procedurals. And it's not, man. It's a separate medium because you're right. It, it is, we most often consume it recorded, but it's meant to be enjoyed live. That's, that's what Yeah, that's what you're guys, that's what you're looking for is the live experience. Well, I've never had somebody yeah. go to an actual live show, no matter how shindy the indie is, <laughs> like, and come back and say they didn't have fun. Even if it's a – like people like bad wrestling. Bad wrestling is good live. I know you don't do yeah. bad wrestling, Aubrey, because you've got PWG out there. But let me tell you, bad wrestling <laughs> kicks ass. I can, find, I can find some bad wrestling out here. There's, there's, a, there's enough wrestling uh, in Southern California that I can find some bad stuff. But no, dude, I mean, that's the thing. It doesn't, once you're there, I mean, like, we have these, like, really high, ridiculous standards for match quality and, like, what counts as a good match when we're watching it on TV because we're so divorced from it. But, man, you go to any shitty Legion Hall, and not like the legendary, like, Reseda Legion Hall, but like, any Legion Hall show, or gym show, or whatever, and wrestling's as fun as you want to make it, man. If you get all drunk and start hooting and hollering at the at the, <laughs> at the villain, you're gonna have a blast, because that's, that's what it's about. It's about just buying in, and, you know, it's, it's about the vulgarity and the crassness of it, and you need to be as vulgar and as crass as wrestling is, and that's a big part of it, I think. It's beautiful. Yeah. You know what? I was just real quick. The other thing, just looking at it now, and now that you mentioned that he, the cartooning thing, like I think what this the art lends itself to is uh, the face, people's faces in wrestling are a big part of it. So like when you can really nail that, I'm looking at Luz Thez's face right now, and when you can really nail oh, cool. down like the jaw, and you can just like sum up the guy in that one thing, or like. These people are so instantly recognizable with just a few strokes of the pen. You know, I, I know exactly who these people are. So uh, I'm really impressed with it. it. It's a good book. So where can people and, uh, get the book, Aubrey? Anywhere. Um, it's, so it's not nowhere right now. It's not out yet. But, but on October 2nd, anywhere. You can pre-order it right now. There's um, any bookstore, uh, whether it's a local bookstore or a chain or whatever. I'm not going to judge. Um, it has available for pre-order right now. And it's He's all judging, good. though, for real. Me. He wants you to buy it from Say a again. local book. I said you're actually judging, though, secretly in your mind. You want him to buy it from no, an actual No, no, no. I'm going to explain why. I'm going to explain why not, too. Because people ask me, like, oh, you know, is it better for you if we order from, you know, like a local bookstore or whatever? And the answer is not really. It doesn't really matter. It doesn't make a difference to me, right? Like, obviously, like, if you have a local bookstore that you enjoy and dig, support them for sure. But... If you order from a local bookstore or like or any bookstore near you, 
that, that makes them know that there's going to be demand and they order more copies to the shelf. If you order from an online retailer, whichever one, that's really helpful too because it helps their algorithm and then we show up better in searches and it helps us as well. Um, if, however, you want, uh, I think the best option is to get a signed copy. Um, and there's a store out here where we're doing a big signing on October 2nd um, in the Valley, in Winnetka. Christopher Daniels is going to be there as a special guest along wow. with some other people. So, yeah, man. So the rest of the Nobody's, uh, nobody else is like 100% confirmed because people have crazy wrestler schedules on the weekends traveling around. But yeah, we'll be doing a signing on October 2nd. And if you want to order a signed copy, either to pick up there or they'll ship it to you. And both myself and Chris Moreno, uh, my co-creator, will sign it for you. Um, there's a link on my Twitter, which is uh, at Aubrey Citizen. You well, can go find it. Thank you for calling in. I, I really appreciate it. I, lo- I, love, I love your work. And uh, Aubrey's a sweet guy. Follow him. Hey, you, y'all are sweet boys. Thank you so much for having me on the show, man. I, I really appreciate y'all giving me so much of your time. I'm going to get out of your hair so y'all can take some more calls. All right. See you later, Aubrey. That It's a good-looking hey, book. Good-looking book, dude. It is. It's nice. And it's a lot. It's a lot, a lot, a lot. And um, it will make – there's like it breaks down all of the terminology. Actually, you probably will understand Brian a little bit more if you read this book because <laughs> you'll know what a gimmick is and what working is and what shooting is – what a shoot is and stuff like that. I try not to do it too much, but then sometimes bad at that, I try man. not – yeah, I know. Sometimes I'll just be like, it's a shoot. You know, and people are like, what are you talking about? He was working. <laughs> he was working. That guy's working. <laughs> well, let's get the next caller yeah, on here. Yeah, air. that was a long call. Sorry, not to. That was a good call. Thank I love, you. I love talking about angry G.I. Joe fans. <laughs> I do, too. I do, too. <laughs> yeah. Uh, let's see. I'm using the wrong mouse again, folks. Once again, the next call we got here is right in front of me. All right, thank you for calling Street Fight Radio. Who are we talking to? Hey, this is Dan, Dank Metal. Dank Metal's on Dank the phone. Metal. <laughs> we need a song for you. We missed you. I was just, it's so cool that I, I was talking to you because I was just about to ask you to come onto the show again because we haven't talked to you in like a million years. Yeah, yeah, it's been a while. Yeah. It's been a while. How you doing, man? I'm good, man. Um, same old, same old. But um, no, I, was, I wanted to call in because... Uh, because I, I, uh, I guess you got another wrestling host because I was I was in Mexico and I went to a Lucha Libre show. Oh, awesome! How did you work that? So like, uh, how did you figure out? Because like that, it, it seemed I went looking up because I wanted to find out what you were going to, and it seemed like there was a lot of tours because there's like a million Lucha shows down there all the time. So uh, what made you decide to go? Well, I, I mean, honestly, because my girl my girlfriend lives down there, so we. She's from Mexico, so we met at my old job, uh, and uh, and yeah, so we went down to visit her, and she's like, well, what do you want to do? You know, what do you want? This is like my third time down there, and she's like, well, what do you want to do while you're down here this time? I was like, well, I'd like to go to wrestling because it would be awesome. Yeah. So uh, so her sister set it all up. It was CMLL, I believe, was the promotion. That's nice. the hot That's one. That's a good one. Yeah, I've watched hours and hours of that shit. <laughs> CMLL's yeah, the hot so, promotion so we went, right now. Um, so we, and so we were like, yeah, we were set up. She's like, she's like, oh, she's like, should I, should I bring my son? I'm like, when I was like seven, because he's like eight. So when I was like eight, if you would have told me you were taking me to a wrestling show, I would have been like, like the happiest kid ever. So so we we brought him, and 
me and her and her sister and a couple of her coworkers. It's like a big event there, you know, like every people, a lot of people go out. There was actually a lot of Americans there too, like tourists and stuff. Oh yeah. Right. They've been selling 10,000 tickets a week this year. They're like a really hot promotion right now. They got LA park and rush fighting with, with each rush, other. Rush was there. I saw rush. <laughs> Roosh actually, but yeah, Roosh kicks ass, man. <laughs> Yeah, dude, he was, alright, so like, the, there was some funny things, some funny things there, so there's like, there's like, uh, there's like cheap seats, which are like in the, in, you know, in the, in the outskirts kind of, and there's, and you, and it's like standing room only, and then there's like, and then there's like expensive seats, uh, I mean, not super expensive, but you know, just closer to the arena, like actual seats that you sit in, and, uh, and so there's a, there's a tradition there where the people in the cheap seats will yell insults down at the people in the, in the nice seats. That like is... They'll be like, you know, just stuff about like, you know, we fucked your mom and like all oh. this stuff. We need to bring and, that to and American then, and then wrestling. The people in the expensive seats will, will, will yell stuff back at them, like, your you bro? know, like they still say, like, your mom's our maid and all that stuff. <laughs> like, they, they just, they, they, and it goes back and forth, like, for the entire night. Wow, I love that. We, I want to introduce that in American <laughs> wrestling. I want to introduce that in all American sports. <laughs> uh, it, it, it's great. I mean, they, yeah, so it, it, it just goes back and forth. There's, like, different chants they do and everything like that. So, yeah, and it, there was, I mean, you can, like, the, the, the concessions were great, too. I mean, there was, like, I mean, I got, like, a giant, like, I mean, a huge styrofoam cup, like a Michelada. Fuck and, like, yeah. they had, like, pork rinds and, like, like I got a bag of beef jerky with like hot sauce on it. Oh man, that sounds good. <laughs> yeah, it was great. But the, the wrestling itself was cool too. I mean, there was like, there was like uh, a couple like, uh, you know, like like four or five, like a couple tag team matches, and then like, and like yeah, there there was like, a, and there was a couple, uh, there was a couple like look like American or like Canadian wrestlers there, and the the quality of the wrestling was, I mean, awesome. I mean, they were doing. Yeah, doing all the the stuff that that Luke Flips, is, Libra is like, like right, and they Topos. like they like it's still carny there. I think that's the thing that like people that, that's the thing that's made me fall in love with Lucha over the past few months is that like it's so corporate over here when you go to a WWE show. I'm not saying the indie shows are corporate; they're still very carny, but like that. CMLL is the big promotion down one one of the two big promotions down there, and it's still a very carny promotion. There are oh, still oh, guys. Yeah, that... it totally felt like like something something that you would see like like back in the day, like in in the in the U.S. You know? Yeah. Like I mean, and you like know, between ECW? the matches, they had like they had like girls girls I would stand up who were like who were like my my girlfriend said they were like they were strippers they got from the, the strip club next door to the arena. Holy shit! If you watch it, because like, when, when the when the other wrestlers were coming out, they would like get out. They would like stand out there and just like look pretty. They gyrate. Brett walked into the room in St. Louis. I was watching CMLL, and Brett walked into the room. He's like, "What the hell are you watching?" And I, I like, like, "Yeah, yeah, yeah that's exactly they gyrate." Yeah, it's really a, yeah. It's hypnotic. It's like six women just like raising their hands above their heads, like doing like a you know. Just putting their hands on their hips, then like move their move it to the sides, and they put them in front of them, and they're just like gyrating to the mute, just undulating, all six of them at the same time, just <laughs> looking good and moving. Well, it's like real people going to these shows, right? Like it, when you go to a, a lucha show, it's it's like families and and like oh, oh yeah, people yeah, who really I mean, work. Because <clears throat> yeah, I mean, we took my girlfriend's kid there, and like 
Like yeah, there was a there. I mean, there was a bunch of kids there. I mean, it was it was like yeah, whole families. Are, yeah, that's how right there, he, he wrestling were... is here. Well, they've priced a lot of people out of wrestling. Uh, like the, the like if you want to go see a show with ten thousand people in the audience, if you want to go see a really hot show that ten thousand people are going to show up to, it's expensive to take your kids to something like that to because you're going going to WWE and and. They basically have priced everybody out of those front row seats, ringside seats. Like True. you got to be some single guy <laughs> that like doesn't have anything else going on to get those ringside seats. So like, it's very. That's why I think I respond so much to indie wrestling here is because you go there and it's like all real people that paid their ten dollars or to get in like anybody can afford it yeah. and the snacks are all they suck i mean like they're honest though <laughs> they are honest. a dollar for a pop is a dollar fair. for a pop and a dollar for a bad hot dog or a bag of chips yeah but 50 like, cents man you can take quarters up there and get food yeah yeah i mean this i mean I, I forget i think our tickets were around like 20 bucks or something like that but our, like i said our seats were like we're like two rows back from like the ring so oh, it was so like you super were, close like, you were shitting on those poor folks <laughs> yeah, like I got, I was like, I was like, I was like, oh, I think next time, next time we gotta be, I like, we gotta be up in the cheap seats. Yeah, that looks like where all the action is. Right, is it rowdy? Freaking black and mild. Up oh, there. it's very rowdy. Yeah, that's fucking awesome. How is how how is like you've been to Mexico three times now? Which which city are you going to? I got I got to Guadalajara. It's so I've never been down there. How like uh, have you had Dory Locos down there yet? Yeah, yeah. The first time I went, cause uh, the first time I went, there's like a stand by my girlfriend's house, so I walked down there, and I got it. And I was like, I mean, it, it's like basically every like like I I wasn't smoking weed down there, but if I was stoned, it would be like basically everything I would ever want. Like, <laughs> that sounds amazing. Yeah, I just might... a big bag of like the like Doritos with like like sour gummies and like hot sauce and like. Like like chopped up like ham and like just everything on it you could possibly want pickled onions. It's yeah, so pickled funny. Onions, everything, cucumbers. It's Ooh. so funny that it's Doritos too. For some reason, to me, like <laughs> people love them. They're so flavorful. Well, they, make it, they make it with Doritos and they make them with regular Tostitos and then they even make them with Takis. Okay, okay. okay. Takis are really in style these days. Like that. Like all the kids are eating Takis now. Yeah, they even started selling them up here, which I'm thankful for. Yeah, I was getting them in Texas as soon as I found them. I was like, ooh, what's this little dinamita stick about <laughs> Dorito don't do none of this shit? <laughs> and, and yeah, yeah, like, so, so like, um, but yeah, like, so at the, at the show, I mean, we saw, uh, it was, it was Rush versus, uh, it was, he, he was, he was, at that match, he was known as El Aristico, but he, oh, actually, Caristico. he was like Mystico and like before that or something. Yeah, I think he's. Now people are just gonna scream at me, but I believe he was the first Sin Cara that you saw Rush wrestle. Oh, Caristico. Okay, okay. um, yeah, did was Ultimo Guerrero there by any chance? Did did a guy come out and raise the roof? <laughs> I don't know. Actually, there was a, <laughs> they have a guy I, I that a just guy with a big mullet who kind of had a similar mullet to 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 Guerrero, but I don't know if that was him. I di- I die. That wrestling cracks me up because the characters in Lucha. Like are a little bit like the names and stuff. I I don't think they're bad for person. Like they're if, bad. <laughs> no, like there's a they guy. They go there. There's a, well, yeah. There are there are lucha it's classic <laughs> wrestling. Yeah, if you if you want to go down there and see an indie show, you can watch a guy named Nazi wrestle. Right. <laughs> 
<laughs> oh, yeah, I mean, it was hard. Like, so, so Rush, uh, Rush beat, uh, beat the Aristico guy, and he, like, he, like, ripped his mask off and then put it, like, put it inside his, like, put, put it inside his, his like, underwear. <laughs> like, while he, while he was, like, standing there, and then he, yeah. like, and then he, like, threw it into the audience. That's tight. That's, the a, real, that's a real winner shit. I, yeah. Oh, he was, he was a great heel, that, that guy. It was awesome. He's one of the best out there. He's he's one of the best heels. I don't know if he's like he's a brawler, so he doesn't do a whole ton of moves. He just no, <laughs> walks no. and punches a lot, but <laughs> throws. But yeah, at one point, at one point, they came in. They came into the uh, like they kind of they started fighting in the in the row, and they were like right right in front of us, like like literally like 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 wailing on each other right in the seat that my girlfriend's sister and her kid were in. <laughs> I love when you like freak out because you can imagine if you're a kid and you see that like it's going to be the coolest thing ever, right? I took my daughter to see Nick Gage wrestle, and he was wrestling. Um, damn it, uh, Tim Donst, and and they were having this like really brutal match where they were throwing each other around the uh, whole place. Like you had to get up out of your chair and run to the back of the room while they threw each other through all the rows of chairs, <laughs> and like yeah. they were using barbed wire. And he, like my kid, cried because she was very afraid of what was going on. She thought it was <laughs> out of control, and I had to keep telling her they're not going to hurt you. This is all fake, but it really freaked her out a little. But like once you leave, you're like, oh, I really went through something there. And then after and then after the show, he put the he put uh, that that Aristio guy put the old the, the old his old bass back on. And he was like taking pictures of the people, so we like took her kid up and like gave him like a fist bump and stuff like that. He was like uh, he was really happy. That's yeah. amazing. That's awesome. Taking kids to see a performance like that always kicks ass because I mean, no matter who the people in the ring are or on the stage are, they're big stars to the kid. You know, well, kids, yeah, it's like, like it's like you're seeing like actual like superheroes. My daughter just wants something too exciting to be happening all the time, like when we're at the house, and so you just put them in front of this, and there is always a reason to be screaming or yelling or jumping out of your seat. You know? Yeah, yeah. So you you like you you were into the lucha. You give oh it, yeah, yeah, definitely gonna go back. Seal of they approval. have it like every every Tuesday and Sunday night there, I think. So is it hard to get weed down there? I don't know. I, I wasn't really look. I wasn't really looking around. I, I I can't imagine it's that difficult. But I, I wasn't. I was just sticking to the booze. Yeah, and you can get pills down there real easy. I mean, uh, from what yeah, I hear. Yeah, yeah, but I, that's. Uh, <laughs> I know yeah. you don't want to get into that stuff. No. I'm just saying. <laughs> Sometimes it's a little too easy. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I'll be. be I'll be sticking to the tequila and the big beers. Well, I'm so glad you fucking went and you called in. Yeah. And I'm going to get you on and talk to you for an hour soon, Dan. Oh, I'd love to, man. All right. Well, thanks for calling, buddy. Peace out. Hey, thanks for having me. Have a good one, guys. He's a real horse's oh, ass. Oh, congrats on the tour. It looked, looked like a good success. Oh, yeah. Hell yeah. yeah. It was awesome. Hell yeah. All right, guys. Have a good night. Yeah. Peace. Hey, speaking of a tour, uh, October 10th here in Columbus, if you're a Street Fight fan, and you're wondering if you should go to the Chapo show, we are going to be on stage with them. Yeah, we'll be performing with Chapo October 10th in Columbus, Ohio at the Anatheum. So, if you just if you were if you were like thinking, "Oh, I don't know if I should go." We're going to be we will be on stage the whole damn time with them, like we do. And it's not going to happen a million times. So, I promised Columbus we would bring the super show to Columbus. The super show is going to be in Columbus, and who knows if it happens again. <laughs> right. Be there. All right. Let's see who's on the phone here. They're getting grumpy on the in the chat. Thank you for calling Street Fight. Who are we talking to? Are they getting grumpy? Yeah. No. Just Hello? Is this me? 
Yeah, how's it going? Uh, hi. Um, I think I'm going to have to Terry. Hey, Terry, how's What's it up, going? Terry, how's it doing? Uh, it's going. So, I had a pretty fun experience last week that I thought I should share with you guys. Yeah, we love fun we love experience. Them. Share it with us. I'm in need of this. Uh, so, like a month or so ago, I got a just cold call email from a recruiter for Raytheon. Oh. So I decided, <laughs> yeah, so I'm a software developer, so like, there's not really much I can do that's like not terrible. Sure. Sure. The big, um, big money's in doing terrible stuff efficiently. <laughs> the big money is in <laughs> making <laughs> missiles. Make that computer do something bad. Yeah, yeah. That, that's like all we do either for the military or for banks or whatever. So anyway, so I went, sure, let's see where this goes. So they, like, flew me out to their, like, big hiring event in, like, this, like, five-star resort in Arizona. So that was pretty cool. Yeah, nice. Um, Little vacay? Sort of. I still had to, like, dress up and do oh, yeah, sort of true. work stuff. Not a vacay. Um so they had this like presentation where they like gave a short overview of their company and they and like so there was like this these this one slide where they're like, Hey, this is all the the bombs we make and then there was this next slide that was like, This is all the customers we have and it was like the US military, Saudi Arabia Israel, oh. NATO, all that stuff. Oh, wow. That's like a more of a, a the, criminal lineup than it is like a client yeah. lineup. <laughs> right? So then the next slide, like the very next slide, I swear to God, was like, we are very dedicated to preserving human rights. <laughs> well, I mean, in a way, if you're if everybody's dead, yeah, then... <laughs> There aren't any human rights, so I guess, you know, you preserve something. I don't know. Well, we're going to preserve other people's human rights by killing some people, I guess. <laughs> yeah. We're here to preserve your human we're rights. To, pre we're here to uh, preserve a manifest destiny of America. You can't, can I, you can't make weapons no. and do human rights. You can't no. do both things ever, especially in capitalism where the weapons have to be used so they can make more weapons. Like, they keep making more weapons. There's no human right. I can't believe weapons manufacturers get away with oh, so much they can say whatever they shit. want. I yeah, mean, that's the thing, like, man. You can define your own reality. They're like, well, we're a diverse company. We bring in all kinds of diverse yeah. people. And I was like, yeah, but what do they use those bombs to kill? You know? Yeah. It ain't Americans like, they're killing. We humanely put terrorists down like dogs. Yeah. It's funny you should mention that because they were, they really, really were pushing how diverse they were. Uh, that's like, their thing. That's like, because uh, yeah. I've seen ads for Raytheon on uh, Twitter that'll just be like, it's like a bunch of people of color and women. Like, they're like, look at, these are the people that make up our business. And I'm like, I don't care, man. Yeah, fuck I just still don't want you to be in business. Fuck them. <laughs> yeah. No, there would always be in DC. There was actually on the Metro, there would be posters on the wall. That I posted on the wall with like someone at their desk, and it's like, you know, find a new path with Raytheon. It was so fucking weird. Yeah, it was pretty wild. 
Like it, it took all of my self-control to not just freaking burst out laughing when I saw that. Yeah, that's unreal. And and everybody and so were you by yourself or with you like a, a group of people watching this? Oh yeah, there were like two hundred potential people. Holy moly! Did you? What was the crowd temperature like? Um. Did you hear some gasps? No, not Ooh, really. Yikes. Like. 200 just brainwashed sheeple. Ugh. That's really just gross, man. I mean, that's just... It's like... I would just... You would want to apologize for all the people that you've killed and all the shit that's come of, you know, your industry. I wouldn't think to be just... Go proudly. Be like, we're we're the backbone of the military-industrial complex. You know? Yeah, I, I, I was just like, well, what about the human rights of people in, like, Yemen and Palestine? Yeah, the people that are on the receiving ends of these human rights missiles. Yeah, that's fucked up, dude. That's crazy. So did you have to, did you go through further training after that? Um, Or did you just peace out? Like, I went through the whole thing and I, like, did the interviews and all that, like, dumb stuff and anything weird and they ask you any odd questions um not really odd okay. like no okay okay well that's fucking wild dude i uh i couldn't imagine even being in that situation so i'm glad that you were able to uh share your experience with us because i know a lot of us could not even get to that that level um that's wild Thanks for calling in, dude. I appreciate it. Yep. Thank you. Yeah. Thanks for having me. Thanks, you too. So I had to leave there because I had to first go to the bathroom, and I also didn't want to take my shirt off on camera. But I was too hot, and I had to get the undershirt off. Okay. Okay. That's fair. <laughs> That's fair. Uh, let's see who our next caller is here. Oh, we've got... we slimmed down here a little bit. Yeah, people are like, they ain't getting to me tonight. Thank you for calling Street Fight. Who are we talking to? Am I on? Yeah. You're on. You, turn... you got some tunes playing there? Oh, no. That's just my PS4 in the background. Uh, can I just start off with, um, I need to plug a very important uh, GoFundMe. Yes, you sure. can. It's, see, here's what happened. This is going to sound really weird, but one what? of my coworkers who tried, hmm? What's your name? One of my, oh, I'm HT. Can you turn uh, the PS4 you, down? Am, Can you turn the PS4 all the way down? Hold on, let me kill the TV. Thank you. Anyway, um, here's the thing. Uh, I'm gonna, from sounding like I'm babbling right now, basically, um, I ate, uh, like two waffles with weed butter, so I'm not oh, all the way here right now. That's fine. We'll help you on the spirit journey. <laughs> so anyway, so here's the thing. My, one of my coworkers, a cook and sometimes dishwasher, um, he's Haitian. He got picked up by ICE and we're trying to like get some money together to get him like a legal offense so he doesn't get fucking deported. Jesus. I'm trying to help because, I'm trying to help because I'm trying to prove to the people, I'm trying to do the right thing and also prove to the people there I'm not soulless because the thing is this guy tried to kill me at one point at work. Oh, okay. Well, how- <laughs> So, and like, hmm? how close did he get? Well, let's put it like this: the only reason I didn't die was because there were like 
here's what happened to put context in the whole story. Um, he was yelling at our like day manager who I'm not going to say the name of because it'll completely give away where I work for anyone who wonders who knows who I am by my voice. Basically she was just being her usual annoying self. I could clearly tell this dude was about to hit her. So what I did was I just got in front of him and tried to de-escalate the situation. And he started just yelling, yelling, yelling. Eventually he switched over to French. And I was like, ah, fuck, he's about to hit somebody. So I'm just like, I don't know what to say. Next thing I know, she gets, she's completely disappeared from behind me. And he takes a swing at me. I duck. And he just grabs me and starts trying to stick my head in the deep fryer. He just straight up, Latrell spreewells me into the fucking deep fryer. The only reason my head didn't hit it is because there was a basket there keeping my head from submerging under there. But the point is, I'm trying to keep this man from getting deported. So if you don't mind, I'd like to uh, send this uh, GoFundMe to you guys for you guys to, you know, spread the word around so we can get the money together for him. Because real talk, I'd hate to see his family have to, you know, watch him get deported. And we really need him because, like, at the at the restaurant I work at, uh, there are only so many people there in the back of the kit in the back of the house that are reliable and come to work. And I'm using air quotes sober. Uh huh. Okay. So, can, so I, we really is can you hmm? did you make any reconciliation after this? Did he did you did you uh did you just leave with almost getting dunked in the fryer and just leave it at that? Is that the last you talked about the issue? Look, we just stopped. We just never talked about it. He came back a few years later. We got high together. We just never talked about it. So I just fucking just let bygones be bygones. Plus, black people need to stick together. Okay, that's very big of you. I, I, that is, uh, I appreciate it. So, what are we looking for here? What's the? Is there a link or a a name I should type in? I was going to send it to you after the show if that, if you don't mind. Okay. Okay. We'll we'll uh, post it on the uh, feed. Thank you. Also, you guys were talking about movies and comedies. I have a one that I think is my favorite comedy. It took me a while to think about what is my favorite comedy. Uh-huh. And I feel bad saying this is my favorite comedy because when you hear it, you're going to be like, how is that your favorite comedy? Uh, bad Boys 2. That's oh, good. I would want, I like a a movie. Martin Lawrence rules. Okay. And he's Will Smith is good if he's in, like, the good movie. It's like, Will Smith is only bad because a lot of the bad movies he does, right? Right. I think that's it. Yeah. No, Will Smith, and the thing he's is, good, every- he's the best. Yeah, and the thing is, people ask me, why is that your favorite comedy? They're like, because it's a perfect time capsule of the time period it was released in. It was in, like, 2004. What was going on in 2004? We were in the middle of a fucked-up war. Um, everybody intellectualism was going down the toilet uh, horrible comedies were on tv green day was some of like the- hanging out with john Kerry. exactly see when i said that as a kid everyone looked at me like i was a fucking nut job and it's like what is wrong with that bad boys and i couldn't put good. it in words hmm? bad boys 2 is good you know my favorite comedy yeah. is there will be blood because it's goofy <laughs> I I was Bad a, Boys too. I was a kid when the, when the first one came out. I was eleven, and I thought that was the coolest fucking cops. That's the height of movie. Yeah, I mean it was pretty big deal. So the follow up was like more of the same and better and bigger, and it was like 
you know, it has that timestamp on it too. It I want to make two points. I want to point out two things. Number one, Bad Boys Two literally has the same plot as Modern Warfare Two. I want to point that out. Number one. <laughs> okay. It literally does. Watch play that Modern Warfare Two and then watch Bad Boys Two. Same fucking plot. Somebody, somebody wasn't doing their job. Somebody was plagiarizing. No, no, no. They couldn't have plagiarized it because Modern Warfare Two came out way later. Yeah, that's what I mean. They they must have ripped it off. And they were like, let's just do Bad Boys 2. That movie bangs. <laughs> I like that, though. If that's how they did it, then I, I um, good for them. Right. It's like Shakespeare. Yeah, yeah I pointed that out. To, yeah, I pointed that out to somebody, and they were like, that's, that's not true. And I'm like, seriously, and I laid it out. I would tell you guys, but it would take too long. Also, point number two, have either of you seen Face Off? Yes, I've seen Face Off. I have not. Am I alone? I haven't seen Face Off since it came out. I don't even remember it for some reason. Maybe I didn't see it. Am I? Am I alone in thinking that that is probably one of the greatest pieces of late '90s art we have ever put out? In 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 not purposely. It's just like if you watch it and then you take into account the two actors they got for this movie, right? And they all about faces. And you just realize they got two psychotic over actors. Like, who did you get? You got you got Nicolas Cage, a clearly mentally unwell man who is an amazing actor. Uh, John Travolta, a clearly in the closet Scientologist. You put them in a movie where halfway through they have to pretend to be the other person. Yeah, the thing is, this is what I like too is uh, that this was also a time when you could make a movie about someone's face getting switched. Like you could just release that and not have like Neil deGrasse Tyson poke holes in it or something. You know, like you would. It's just like this is we're gonna put these guys in an action movie where their faces get switched. Also, John Woo clearly. This is the thing I noticed about the John Woo clearly has a fucked up has my sense of humor, which is why I said it's fucked up. Because the two parts I remember out of it for, for like everyone else uh, from the beginning at least is number one when uh, Nicholas Cage is dressed up like a priest at the convention center and he's out there dancing after setting off uh, activating the bomb and just straight up does the metal roll while listening to the choir. Yeah, yeah, and also. Is also a slight problematic part. We literally watch him molest a child. I just want to point this out. That's kind of that's very terrible. Just saying. It, it yeah. sounds it. I haven't seen it in a long time. I'm more of a broken arrow. Go guy. back and watch. He's clearly he's clearly pressing his dick into a little girl's butt and making the world's most uncomfortable O face while they skip to the next scene. It's like. No, yeah. Nick. No. Yeah, it was different times. Yeah. Different that, days. Yeah. Also, the other part is is when he jumps out of the plane with the two dual, with the gold 45s. Yeah, uh, that's cool. That's cool. Gold 45s kick ass. That's a high point. Which, I, which I'm just like, how did they get those back later in the movie? Did he just have like a spare set, or did, or did they like steal those from like the FBI evidence locker? What the fuck? I'm gonna have to review anyway, the tape. Uh, yeah, final... I haven't seen it. I don't remember enough of it. So I'm gonna have to review it to figure that clue out. Yeah. Anyway, final point. Um, I just turned 27 a few like a, two weeks ago. Okay. And I noticed. Some, and I just noticed something. 
it's really uncomfortable when I realize how many of my friends, some older than me, are all vets, and our lives have not gotten better. Yeah? Are you a vet? Oh, no, 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 no. I am clearly too mentally unstable, which is why I'm able to get away with getting very high on weed waffles before I have to go do a double tomorrow at work. Nice. Um, like, I got to go do a double tomorrow, and I'm just like, fuck it. Just, I'm going to sleep good tonight. Just eat these fuckers, call into my new favorite podcast, which I actually found out about you guys Um uh, through Chapo Trap House, which I found out about Chapo Trap House through um, through Champagne Sharks. Yeah, yeah, all of all good shows. Yeah, T is the best. T is cool. Oh yeah, yeah. But anyway, the thing was, I realized I looked at all my friends, and it's like I looked at all of them. I'm like, wow, a lot of y'all are veterans, and y'all just. I feel sorry for you. I thank y'all for your service, but it's like, especially my family, like my uncle. Like, one of my uncles, he was in Vietnam. Mm -hmm. uh, he got pissed off and moved to Canada after he got out the Air Force B to Vietnam. We found out many years later he's got, like, two kids in, over there. Damn. Damn. Yeah, um, I mean, <laughs> I, we uh, – I don't know. I mean, that's the thing is uh, the, there's a lot of crowing about how the soldiers get treated via on the memes, the conservative meme pages. But uh, it sure as hell isn't adding up that anybody gives a shit, you know? But it's, yeah, but it's sad because one of my friends, she's a Marine and she came back and it's like, and it's like I asked her how her life has been during the like decade she's been gone because she'd literally been gone on and off for a decade out of the States going overseas. She came back, her, she was in a violent divorce. Yeah. Her, her, uh, hmm? Yeah, I said, yeah, I mean, yeah, she that's a common story. She's had a violent divorce. She's an alcoholic. She she has PTSD. It's like you look at all the. I look at all my friends and I look at all the, I've had beers with someone. I looked at them like it's fucked up that all of you have done all these things, risked your lives for things that in the in the big picture things don't really matter, and yet they weren't worth they weren't worth you doing. Don't, yeah, they weren't worth doing, and even when they weren't worth doing, you didn't get the respect you deserve for literally walking into walking through seven circles of hell and coming back with the same boots on. Like, what the fuck? Yeah, I mean, I, I mean, the people that I know that are veterans personally uh, don't can't hear anymore. Uh, wake up with night terrors all the time. Um, it it's not. It's not normal. It's not something we shouldn't be sending people to do these things anymore because uh, they're the suicide rates are out of control. It's not healthy. It's not good for our society. And uh, the evidence is right there in front of our face, you know, and everybody uh, is ignoring it for blind patriotism. You know, that's the thing. I live in Michigan. And the thing you quickly realize about living in a place like Michigan is everyone big ups to troops. And the number one sign you know they're like just these like overly romanticizing people, the troops is, and you've probably heard them because we're all in the Midwest. Um, um, they are, you've heard of Five Finger Death Punch, right? Oh, yeah, yeah for yeah. sure. I mean, if it's a rock band, we've heard of it. We know about hard rock music, dude. Yeah, Five Finger Death Punch, if you've never actually heard those songs, they're the, if you watch their videos, you quickly realize they are like the rock equivalent to Blue Lives Matter. 
They yeah, are. It's like troop music. It's music for listening when you're driving a tank. Yeah, um, he, I always made someone always said that's what uh, what so I figured that's much is it's music to listen to while you're fighting in a war. And I said, "Fuck that!" At least Timothy McVeigh picked some good music to listen to while he made it while he drove everybody in their Arbor Patrol character carrier. Yes, um, Timothy McVeigh was a terrorist, but at least the man had good music choices while in the fucking tank. What was his shit? What was he listening to? He was playing like Bad Company and White Rabbit and shit like that. Oh, really? Everyone I... hated him. Hmm? Oh, really? Yeah, I, they probably was wanting to hear Judas Priest. I'm sure. Oh yeah, they said they all hated him for it, but he was just like, you know, he was a fucking nerd, so he just wanted to play whatever he wanted to play. So everyone was like, "Shut up! Stop yeah. playing it!" You just have to imagine years later when they heard Timothy McVeigh got busted busted for Oklahoma City. They were like, finally, fucking finally, I never have to hear Bad Company again in my life. Thank you, Lord. For sure. Yeah. Man. Well, hey, thanks for calling in. We're going to hit a break here and come back fresh. Hey, can, We're going to go make a, couple, you, make a couple weed waffles for ourselves. Quick question. One last question. Okay. Uh, the email that you have on your site, that's the one I can send it to, right? Yes, absolutely. Yeah. Okay, thank you so much. All right, thanks, buddy. Have a good night. I appreciate it. Sorry, you totally uh, made us look like fools in our uh, face-off knowledge, right? Sure, yeah. Yeah, Yeah. I haven't seen it since the 90s, so I'm just I'm pretty bad about that. Yeah, rusty rusty on that. Well, we're going to play some more Vaporwave this week. Who knows if we're going to get taken off the goddamn stream we'll We'll see see what happens but uh we'll be back hey street fighters what's up we are back sunday night street fight hope you've enjoyed the show so far Taking calls, 614-412-5252 every single Sunday, 11 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Coming to you live out of the Free Press Studios here in Columbus, Ohio on WCRS 92.7 or 98.3. You can find the largest collection of free Street Fight episodes at WCRSFM.org. Click on Programs. And I'm telling you what. Look at the other stuff that's in there. You're going to love it. There's a lot of independently produced podcasts coming out of Columbus uh, that are doing a lot of good work. There's activism, music, everything you want to hear. So head over to WCRSFM.org. You can also stream it. If you're at work, just click that stream link. Uh, You can listen to the show. You can also stream Street Fight. Uh, We are also live on YouTube and Twitch right now. So plenty of ways to watch your Street Fight if you're bored on Sunday nights. Come hang with the gang. Yeah, hell yeah. Come come talk to us. Come and talk to me. I really want to meet you. Can I talk to you? All right, let's see who's on the phones here. We got some calls. The queue fell back up. I guess they got they, their tantrum is They're over. They're confident. They're confident that we're going to get the calls in. Hey, thanks for calling Street Fighter. <laughs> Who are we talking to? Hey, guys. This is Matt uh, from Ireland. What's up, Matt? You're in Ireland? Yeah, I'm in Ireland right now. I'm from Texas, but I'm living over here right now. Amazing. Sweet. You picked up a little bit of a lilt while you're there. <laughs> 
I try and soak up what I can where I am. I love it, man. You're yeah, getting that culture. How is it going? What brought you to Ireland? Uh, I came over for work, so I um, I work in in university. Like uh, right now, I'm doing a postdoc over here. Um, that's, that's, but we have the smartest, I, the smartest yeah. fucking people listen to us dummies every week. I don't get it. <laughs> hey, you go, it's it, you guys make all this shit accessible. It's better than hearing fucking Marxist theory for like an hour and a half on a goddamn radio. That seems so hard. It's, yeah. Uh, it's it's um I don't know. This is like the the working man's left. <laughs> Hell yeah! It's thank uh, you. We appreciate it. But uh, so I was. I kind of had two different um, stories. I didn't know which one you guys would maybe be interested in hearing. Yeah. Um, but one was to tell you guys about. Uh, I used to work at Hooters as a cook. Hell yeah! And oh, I've wow. heard uh, on a. <laughs> I've heard in a couple of shows people give shit to, uh, about Hooters and stuff. Breastaurants, um, but we like there to was, call them on this yeah, show. Yeah, the fucking restaurants. All that, um, all those ones like uh, Twins Peaks, and I don't know. They're coming out with other ones. But, Tilted um, Kilt, uh, bombshells. Yeah, yeah. There's always another one. They're very clever with the the boob references. Um, the um, yeah, basically, I used to I used to work in in Hooters, and um, a lot of my family was uh, involved with the management and stuff like that. And it's um, it was a very uh, I don't know, inter- it was a very interesting uh, place to work or, or to be around as a kid. Um, and I was oh, earlier. Um, How old were you? Somebody was. Uh, oh well, I started working there when I was about. I was 17 because I wanted, yeah, it was like, um, uh, I needed a summer job kind of thing. And my cousin used to do the, um, like the, the networking for the computers between the restaurants. Okay. So they could see like how many sales and shit. Um, so he, he, uh, helped them rig up all their IT stuff. And he was like, well, shit, if you want to work in the kitchen, you know, I can get you a job at one of the, at one of the places. Huh. Which is, it's, it was a damn good place to work. I mean, the, the people are all pretty laid back. Um, the girls well, are cool. The guys in the kitchen were pretty sweet. Okay. So here, there's where everybody wants us to cut to. What about the customers? A lot of creeps though, right? Uh, uh, you, you get, you get some shitty ones. Like, I mean, there, there were nights that you'd get like, um, I don't know. You'd have like a, a big game on and, um, and you'd get some shitheads that come in that just want to throw down like a lot of money and try and talk shit to the girls. And that was pretty crap because like I saw on a number of occasions, these girls would go out and they're, you know, like dropping the drinks down and these guys just like fucking terrorize them at the table. And then they'd have to, you know, like keep a smile on and come into the back and they just break down the second they got past the door. Oh, God. Is there security? Do they hire like a bouncer type security person there or is it like? Not, not really. No, like the, um, the, the fucking kitchen crew that they run through that place is pretty, uh, I think they would, they would handle anything that got too out of place. That's but, what I was uh, wondering. Do the, they just use the like kitchen guys and stuff to, yeah. to kind of handle all well, the, the worst people? 
Yeah, when I when I was there, like two of the guys that I worked in the kitchen with, they they were ex cons and like they were easy fucking going guys. Uh you know, like it was um yeah, they they could have handled anything that happened inside okay. of the inside of the restaurant. I mean, a lot of the, the 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 people that are coming in and are going to treat the the any of the staff like that, they're usually shitheads anyway. Yeah, so, I mean, they would have been it, shitty anywhere. Like, and, but Hooters is yeah, a, like a, exactly. and Hooters is also a different kind of place because like you go to a strip club and guys are generally pretty uh, res- respectful and in like in that they're kind of afraid of the bouncers and mm. they don't want to go too yeah, far yeah, yeah. and, and stuff like that, but it's not that <laughs> way at Hooters. Like it almost seems like a free zone for those people. Yeah. And some, you, there were definitely some people that would, um, that would take advantage of that, um, that, you know, like a uh, free zone that they had. Uh, but there were also, you know, you know, they'd be like a Sunday and you'd get, these uh softball uh after the game like all the parents and kids and stuff would come in and there'd be older people like on dates i the number there was an old couple couple that used to come in um once a week at least and they would always get like a burger and have it split See? and they'd sit there eat lunch and having their little like midweek date thing yeah so this um, is this is like so, a, a very uh like a community place to to celebrate breasts, right? Well, what is this dude that's bringing his wife to Hooters, though? As yeah, like a I know. Date? I mean, you well, can't do that. Hey, every everybody's got uh, some people have odd, uh, well, n- non-conventional relationships. Thank you they, for correcting yourself. They might be doing their thing. That's, yeah, yeah, it's just to me. It's like <laughs> it's like some bring your like really aggressive girlfriend to try to work a threesome. <laughs> it reads to me though, like. It, like it, it, things like that always read to me like like my wife and I had a date night the other night. And my only suggestion was to go see the Predator, and like uh, that's kind of oh, like, hey, that's kind of like by the restaurant. Way, it reads that way to me. Fuck yeah, yeah yeah definitely. Side note: Did you like Predator? I haven't I, seen it yet. Um, she I, I ended up taking her to see oh, the stars instead. Fuck okay. I'm well, seeing it. Well, the stars, I liked it. He went and saw like he went. He drove. Like three hours away to where you can actually see stars. Yeah, <laughs> but I am going to see the Predator. Yeah. Don't worry about that. It's a Shane Black movie. I didn't even know that. Of course, I'm seeing it. it was, I thought I thought it was different enough to be good. Yeah, different enough from the old one. Like it wasn't. It, it was fresh. Been told. I've been was. told it's bad, but <laughs> in the right way. So that's the that's yeah, the exactly. loves. Yeah, bad in the right way. Yeah. So it's what's a, it's a brain donut, man? Yeah. Are the bosses? Uh, are the bot so the bosses seem generally pretty laid back? Do they hot? Is it like one of those places where this, the people that work there are kind of in a party atmosphere? That okay, so that that was kind of where some shitty shitty stuff always came up out of the manager and the regional managers. Oh god! So always. the staff they all kind of the whole staff was so like. Um, uh, the staff kind of ran the place and the managers, and it was my experience that the managers would stay back off enough things um, that, you know, it's just kind of like, Hey, just let us fucking do what we need to do and we'll make you money. And it was fine. But when the, the, some of the, like uh, some of the managers that would work there and some of the regional managers were just fucking shitheads and they were just, you know, trying to, I had, I don't know, is 
they're trying to be like everybody's friend and then wait for that one moment where, you know, somebody gets too drunk at work or they're inviting, <laughs> you know, they're starting to blur the line a little bit. It's that kind of shit. Yeah. And that was, that was definitely, if I said it, if there was any kind of rot within that, um, within the restaurant community, it's, uh, it's definitely the, the managers and the regional directors. So am I it's, right? They can be pretty shitty. Am I right to think that there are a lot of informal kind of benefits to a, working at a place like that, that the managers aren't a hundred percent hip to like, so you're allowed to have like a beer or two at work and things like that. Yeah. yeah so, I mean, I haven't, this was, this was a while ago. Um, when I was there, you could definitely like have a drink and like in the kitchen, we would always make our own food. So we could just make up this like different, oh, I'd make that. these giant burritos yes. with all this chicken and stuff in it. Yes. If that... you ever, by the way, if you, if you ever go to Hooters, there's a, a way you can get, ask them to cook it Daytona. Okay. So it's not on the menu, but it's a way that they can, uh, cook the, they basically fry the, fry a piece of the piece of chicken and then they put barbecue sauce and like a, a hot sauce onto it and then they'll cook that on the grill and it comes off like sticky sweet kind of spicy it's nice but it's never on the the menu they they closed all of them here i think they're closing a lot of them and then relaunching them as like a more uh, fast casual sort of thing oh god well, like like a five guys yeah, like you roll in there for wings there's no breasts it's just hooters wings yeah so that's just, what they that's the it's, it's gonna be htrs yeah and they hang their hat on the wings <laughs> anyway mostly like yeah I, the wings are why everybody says they go the wings and the breasts. Yeah, yeah. Right? yeah the breasts, reading, the breasts they're reading, so bad. Play, they're reading Playboy for the uh, articles as well. <laughs> <laughs> no, we had a friend that worked there, and she always seemed like she had positive experiences working at Hooters. Like, met her yeah, husband there and stuff. And, like, I I always got the I, – I really did – the only problem or weirdness I ever had with it was what I was saying earlier, how it – I think sometimes – like there's not bouncers and stuff there and there's not like a door and there's not all these like kind of set rules. So then when people go in there, they think they're more uh, free than they should. Yeah. You know? And I got to say, yeah. ball, when someone's bawling, bawling, crying, that person just be ejected immediately. I just there should just be a policy you, that if you push the server to tears, then you have to leave. Fuck yeah. And that that was always that was the. Um how you could kind of pick out the shitty managers because some of them would be like, oh, come on, honey, it's going to be all right. That's part you of the job. Get back out there. They would say that's yeah, part of the exactly. job. What do you think you signed up for type of thing? I could see that. I've had managers yeah. do that. You know, I, I don't know if I told the story, but the first time I ever dressed as Chuck E. Cheese at Chuck E. Cheese, I got beat up. Actually, no. I'm telling the story so wrong. I hate it when I do that. But this woman, the first time she ever dressed <laughs> up as Chuck E. Cheese, she got beat up by a party of kids. And, uh, but. they, we pulled her out and we got her back into the back room and we took the costume off and was like, you, these, this party doesn't get Chucky anymore. You're done. And the guy that was throwing the party threw a huge fit. So they basically made me dress as Chucky and then go out to the parking lot and stand by this limo they had got for Chucky e. Cheese and take pictures with the kids. And I always was like, man, that manager. 
should have had no like that manager yeah. should have had my back in that situation. That manager should have been like, no, man, your kids, your bad kids beat the mouse up. You don't get the mouse anymore. Right. This is, <laughs> people come here because they want to fucking hug the mouse. Yeah. They're going to put you at risk in a way. And that and a lot of managers do that. They just don't care. They'll put you in front of an irate customer because you're their human shield. They're afraid of the customers. That's yep. like part of being management is that you don't have to deal with the customers anymore really and they they flex that all the time like you should be able to handle these things without me and it's like well no because these people out here don't know that i don't have any power at all you're the one that has power yeah you have to deal with these things right right you you have the authority if here. i've got to handle it you can pay me more <laughs> yes pay me your money your job is to handle it yeah exactly what, what? the fuck are you doing back there yeah <laughs> nothing there's they're not doing anything no, in those little restaurant offices what are they doing clicking refresh on an email that's yeah. all clicking refresh all the skilled managing <laughs> yeah they always say they got skills too but they're really just people who have been there longer you know what i mean they're always like i have all these skills i guess yeah. maybe this week brett we'll do the hooters episode of uh undercover boss perfect yeah i'll turn yeah. into this well, hey, thanks for calling in, oh, man. Yep. Hey, um, the other thing I was going to plug real quick was um, if you guys do go down to Texas on your tour, I know you're still working out kinks and shit, but try and go to San Antonio if you go down that way. Because <laughs> um, I, I know you got street fighters in San Antonio, and um, come on, fucking Austin. Austin sucks. <laughs> yeah, but it's the place you have to go to if you're doing this kind of thing. Oh, I have free room. I tell in, you what, I have like free like round up all the lanyards in Austin. Yeah, but it ends <laughs> the rules. You just got to yeah. go where people are. That's the that's the thing. I I never made it to San Antonio, well, and I always wanted to. Um, so I, it's I'm always, different. It's you. You probably have. I mean. Austin's definitely going to have a crowd for you, but, um, yeah, it's, it's only one flavor of South Texas. Let's put it that way. Okay. Well, we'll look into it. Thanks for calling in, man. All right. Well, have a good night, guys. You too. Enjoy Ireland. Thanks. Yeah. Yeah. Hooters. We never had a Hooters worker call in. No, that's the first one. Yeah. I, I know a few people that work there. Um, but you know, there was, there was always gross stories touching, inappropriate touching Uh, yeah and it's like stuff that you generally at the strip club there's a sign that says don't do that and you're kicked out but at at hooters people don't they don't have that sign so people feel like they can just do it they think it's a strip club exactly and the thing about it is that the i mean most of the servers there are pretty fun and flirty and are pretty easy to not like go too far with you know like i've had i have eaten there several times and just had a fun time and didn't you know, no, there was no reason that no, to cross any lines or to think that any sort of like sex, sexual relationship needed to be brought up, no. you know, between yeah. me and the server. No, you know, for sure. She's bringing you chicken wings. Yeah. And smiling. Yeah. Right? And that's it. It's, Remember that dude that wrote that story or that, that suggestions oh, God for damn him. It. God <laughs> damn it. We should read it. You need to get the whole thing printed out. We've read it on the show on the before. Wall. Jesus Christ, God. We've read it on the show before. He wants the he Hooters wants people to talk to him. He wants them to be geishas. <laughs> yeah. He wants to talk. He wants them to talk to him about the latest book they read. He wants to have them go. He wants to sit on in the audience while they battle head to head in a match of wits. Yeah. He, he, while they he spout does. off history. He wants them to debate. Do a, do a quiz bowl. 
He wants them to come and sit with him and let him tell him tell them his problems. Yeah, he gets to say everything that's going wrong with his day. Just dump all of his emotional shit on them. Yeah, that that guy was the best. He was something else. What right, a weird let's, pervert. <laughs> let's see who's on the phone here next. Uh, thank you for calling Street Fight. Who are we talking to? Skelly? Is that you? Nope. Nope, it's not a skeleton. Oh, what? Is that me? There's a Is bump in the night. That's you. Oh, my gosh. Wow. I can't believe I'm on Street Fight Radio. You are on Street Fight Radio. Welcome. I say that every wow. week. <laughs> yeah. Hey, well, this is Lucas from Minneapolis, Minnesota. Sweet. We loved your city. Yeah, I loved your show. I, I was there. It was uh, It was really great. Oh, thanks for coming. That that city's great. We really want like that. It's it's made it to the list of places that we definitely want to come back to. I I really want to do Mayday there. Oh yeah, no, you guys definitely should come to the Mayday. I've only been able to go to it once, um, but like it's honestly it's it's really cool. People sometimes say that it's like, oh, you guys gentrified Mayday, but like it it has its own set of traditions here. So like it's it's just a little bit different. Like there's a very large art community here that kind of manages it and like there's like a theater that's very involved in like yeah, putting you it can't on fucking the parade police and, a mayday like, celebration yeah you can't gentrify get involved <laughs> well yeah help or it's get like out my of the angry way. Edgy, edgy anarchist friends from chicago came one year and, and were like what what is this like no this is just families like having a good time together and it's like yeah their that's... families having a good time together like that's a pretty productive thing. That's <laughs> what Mayday is supposed to be. Mayday isn't just supposed right. to be you and your black block, like, fucking shit up, man. Mayday is for every single worker. Every person. Exactly. You know? Exactly. It's a oh, day yeah. off. But, yeah, it's really cool. They make these big puppets, and, like, there's these bicycle anarchist people who, like, make these huge, crazy, like, bicycle machines. I don't know. It's it's a crazy, it's a crazy festival. You guys should definitely come uh next year whenever you can and it's very neat i love huge bicycle machines we have a group that does that here we actually got to hang out yeah in their warehouse one day and i was like hi those things are so sweet i wish i could weld (laughs) yeah i have i have no idea how they do all that stuff um i've been biking for a long time um in fact i i didn't learn how to drive until this year (laughs) because i was like able to get around on bike yeah i grew up in chicago and then moved here so i was like able to get by on like bikes and trains mainly and buses but welding i, I finally learned how to drive welding but is I, yeah I, welding is the top magical working class power like that's that's you've made it all the way to the top of like working class power when you can weld i every metals i ever knew growing up was like oh damn i wish i could weld you know what i mean like yeah. there was always like every all my friends everybody i knew me it's like when something metal breaks, you're like, damn, if I just knew somebody that could weld or if I could weld, all my problems would be solved. Yeah. <laughs> well, what's going on tonight? <laughs> oh, not much. Um, I just, you know, was like, oh, damn, like they're having their show and like I can finally call in and say hi. There's, I've always had like a short list of like things that, things I would say if I was on Street Fight Radio. Well, let's hear So the some. first thing I'll say is, First thing I'll say is you guys like to go after bosses a lot, but um, I've actually had pretty good experiences with bosses. Okay. Uh, mainly because I probably work in like hippie, you know, communal workspaces where power is shared. Yeah, but, that's uh, <laughs> that's the type of relationship um, so we like too. Yeah. 
Yeah, I mean, I'm lucky, but you know, uh, the people who really suck, and, and it's, it's been becoming more and more clear how many ways these people can suck, is landlords. Yes. Landlords are like the bosses of your whole life. <laughs> Nobody, you know what? We don't cover landlords nearly enough on this show, and we should, because it is another piece of everyday life that you have to deal with. But yeah, yeah I know. I, I mean, it's the, it's the same dichotomy, except for like, you know, they get you when you're at your home. <laughs> yeah. You- like, you know, bosses get you like, you know, when you're out and you're like trying to make money and then you come home, you know, when you're just supposed to be able to like relax enjoy the fruits of your labor and they come and ask for all of your money <laughs> they do yeah and they control your safety i mean and you're always just yeah, like you for real they're 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 always like i don't have enough oh man you know the plumbing's messed up in this apartment it's gonna cost me a fortune to get it fixed and you're like i give you most of my money like i get you yeah. get more of my money than i do more of my money than any of my bills do you get the most money like, so I don't want right. to hear about your money situation. Right. Yeah, for real. I mean, like, and, and it's shitty because, like, so I'm a university student at, at the University of Minnesota, and, like, so I live in, like, the college neighborhood, and, like, you know, yeah. typically, like, college neighborhoods have pretty bad housing options. They, um, they in, so, like, in Columbus, they, like, really go after them, which is kind yeah, of a, no, a students, cool thing. Students but, are a vulnerable renting group for sure. Cause like, we don't really know what to look for when you're, we're looking at places and we're just like, ah, cool. This house has enough bedrooms that I can squeeze in all my friends. Yeah. And you're like, Oh, <laughs> this is actually not really a bedroom. It's just like a room in a basement that they kind of put like, you know, some plywood around uh, a section of the basement, and now it's the room. Yeah, you, 20, you know what? 25-year-old furnace leak and carbon monoxide in the right. house. No college students, <laughs> yeah. no young people think about central air or, like, heating. Yeah. So they always end up in one of those apartments with one of those funky, like, furnace things that's just uh, sitting up in the yeah. corner of the room. Yeah, and, no, like, the house is I, 200 degrees in the summer above a restaurant. I just went to my friend, uh, she just moved into a new house last night. I just went to her, like, housewarming party sort of thing, get together, and she was just giving me a tour of the house, and, like, every single room, I was like, like, this is not, this building is not, like, flat. (laughs) Like, everything was, like, (laughs) tilting to the side, like, I went into the basement, and, like, this big, like, you know, furnace pipe was, like, just bent in the weirdest way, like, just totally, like, slanted. I was like, nothing about this building seems... Dirty. Safe. It's yeah. Not safe. You know, people that like there's yeah. there's mold in the basement, so they come and just paint over it. Oh my god! Yeah. Yep. There's water. Co- I always be yeah. like, I always be like, there's water coming into my basement when it rains. Like I'll just say mm-hmm. it casually to the landlord. Like you know, when it rains, it's a part of my basement that there's never anything there. Like none of I don't yeah. keep anything there because there's fucking always water on the ground. And when it rains a lot, the water comes in and will tell me like, well, I can't do anything about it unless I catch it while it's happening. I'm like, well, it's right. You know, I can tell you when it's going to happen. Right. <laughs> yeah, it's definitely happening. Okay, to me. well, so so my problem lately has been that like so like I think like a month ago, honestly, at this point, I because I looked at it recently and I filed this maintenance request on the 26th of August, and it still has not been taken care of. Um, I, like, there's, like, this fly in my house, and, you know, it's, like, early in the morning, and I'm swatting at this fly, and it's on my window, and I 
wide at my window, and the glass just shattered. Oh yeah. Um, so that I've just had I've had this shattered window right next to where I sleep for the past month, <laughs> and it's been getting like cold and drafty at night. Yeah, it's gonna get so, to be like, winter in Minneapolis. <laughs> yeah, and like I literally like I emailed this guy my this so like I rent from like basically it's a management a property management nightmare. company that yeah. runs nightmare. So like yeah, so like. So, like, it's the guy who owns the house isn't even the landlord. Right. Like, the landlord is just some guy who, like, is hired through a third party. And then the maintenance company is, like, another third party thing that he has to communicate with. So, I've, like, called this guy so many times. Finally, like, last week, he was like, okay, like, I got the maintenance people to, like, get in touch with you. And I talked to the maintenance people. But, like, honestly, I, I can't even tell if they, like, came and took measurements of stuff. But, like this is like a code violation, you know, in, in my city. So I'm just like, yeah, he's like, you can't have a broken window. I'm on the first floor. It's like, you can't have a broken window on the first floor. Yeah. Cause that's, that's like a huge risk, you know, in terms of like theft and yeah, oh, yeah. Wildly especially in a college town, all sorts of stuff. Yeah. Like I'm, I'm missing, uh, I'm missing a screen on one of my other windows. I was like, you guys got to like take care of this stuff like yeah. a- ASAP. And he's like, Oh yeah, sorry. Like, you know, it was just moving season in, in your neighborhood, you know, cause like September 1st is when everyone moves into their new place. So I was like, okay, well, whatever. Like it's a broken window. You got to fix it. Like, you know, <laughs> I'm in that neighborhood too. Like just, you know, send someone over to like take a measurement. Like I just don't understand what could be taking them this long, you know, to fix this. Like I pay plenty of money. <laughs> so it's kind of like, well, like, what do you want me to do? Like, so they want honestly, you to if, fix if it. I don't hear... They want you to fix it is what they want you to do. <laughs> but you can get a window fixed in one oh, day, yeah. by the way, too. You <laughs> could, if, if it was your house and you needed to call and get your window fixed, you could get somebody to come out there and do it in one day without a problem. But you oh, have yeah, to no, go no through this <laughs> labyrinthian bureaucracy right. so to like, get there. So, like, from what I've gathered, like, there's, like, even another company that just does the glass. You know, oh, for all these places. So it's like the maintenance people come and figure out what's wrong with the glass and then they call the glass people. So it's like how many how many dudes do you have doing this? Well, like it's and so ridiculous. You wanna know something about all those all those people, all the different subcontractors that they have to do it are just buddies of people that work for the maintenance company. It's like, it's always like, Oh, it's call probably my buddy. True. Yeah, it is. It's, it's just probably true. a bunch of buddies that know each other because they all work in the same field and they call each other except and do like, stuff. My landlord except knows for like these companies all have these like names that like make them sound like they're big. Like, like I think the management, the maintenance company that we use is called like United Operations, which like sounds like, <laughs> <laughs> which sounds just like like you know like some like secret division of the CIA or something like United Operations. Like, right, it always sounds like, it sounds like what a dumb some, like, guy massive union or something like is this like a stealth uh like operation to get me to hate unions because it sounds like a giant union. It so, sounds like, I know, like... It's probably none of these people are union probably because they're taking forever to <laughs> get anything done like they're just milking it. It sounds like what a dumb guy thinks a corporation would sound like. <laughs> you know, they're all called like United, United operations. operations and shit like that. United Operations worldwide. Yeah, you know when you you know when you really got to be worried is when they send you the AAA one to play people to fix your stuff, and you're like, oh damn, you just picked the first person in the phone book there. 
<laughs> but yeah, I mean, that's the worst thing about, I think the thing about landlords that makes me crazy is they use the cheapest help and the cheapest materials. And it's like, dude, right. this is well, your and it's house. Like, seriously, me like, me like lightly swatting at flies should not be enough force to shatter glass. No. Like, oh, I mean, there's, that's, a, there's that's plain ridiculous. glass. No, my wife backed up into the window and it like cracked the whole thing. And it was not even like she was bending over to pick something up. And it's just my windows are from like yeah. the 1900s. Like, yeah, serious. No, I think I think that's honestly this is clearly an old house. And it's like divided into four brittle units. There's it's, just yeah, so like the glass I can just tell is like super brittle. Like, you know, I sleep next to the window. So like I'm the, like, yeah, the, it's very drafty. Like this house has probably no insulation. There's no just nothing. there's just not enough tenant like like a tenant's bill of rights would be something that would be like something where it's just like there you're not no you're not allowed to have paint chipping off like you have to come in and like I had this big problem with mine I moved into my apartment 12 years ago and I had carpet and mm-hmm. they wouldn't replace the carpet like they just wouldn't replace it so finally uh. We were like, okay, so the carpet's disgusting, and you're, I was just embarrassed to have people at my house, and like, didn't, I, I just, I thought every single person that came to my house was like, your carpet is disgusting, and you're a piece of crap, and then like, uh, so finally we were like, can we take the carpet up and just work on the hardwood floors, and they finally let us, but they had us pay for every, we paid for the whole thing, that's like oh why we God. didn't yeah. replace it or any we didn't replace it we didn't do like a bang up you didn't job. stain it or anything yeah no we didn't do any of that stuff because it was just like i just don't want to be embarrassed when people walk into my house but to tell you the truth if you have carpet and you're renting they should have to change it every few years that it, they shouldn't yeah, be allowed absolutely. to just carpet your place and then just be like well when you move out we'll change the carpet when you move out we'll paint yeah. we'll paint the place i got paint chipping off my walls right they should be over there fucking painting it man and yeah, no. So, so get this: the, the company that I rent from, um, I'm going to put them on blast right now. It's called North Bay Company. Um, even though this is Minneapolis and there is no bay anywhere, so I don't know what this North Bay Company <laughs> is supposed to mean. It used to be called CPM, and they changed the name last year because they probably were getting so much bad press. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so th- so I have a friend who rents another property from them, and I have several friends actually. So one one of my friends, she lives like right across the street from me. And when she moved in uh, to her place, like, a couple weeks ago, it was, like, filthy. And, like, she and her dad were, like, filling out the, like, move-in report checklist they give you. And, like, her dad was writing, like, for, like, the bathroom, like, biohazard, like, because, like, the toilet was so filthy. Yeah. He was, like, this is just, like, her dad was, like, just pissed because of how dirty it was. Well, they hire their Um, buddies to clean the apartments, too. My mom used to clean the apartments. Or honestly, honestly, like... So then, then my other friend who lives a couple blocks from me, they said that when they moved into their place, like literally the people who were living there before had moved out like six hours before they moved in. So there was no cleaning done and they moved into this house with like garbage everywhere. So they were still like there. Was no, there was energy. no transition or cleaning. <laughs> yeah, you should get a month in between people moving in to get rid of their stank energy. You're totally right. At yeah, least, you're gonna at least it. a week. At least a week, let you know, fuck... and like actually hire a cleaning crew. Let but their then, dead even skin the, like, cells the... settle. Yeah. Well, and a girl like just moved up upstairs, and like the day she moved in, she was like, I heard her just yelling out in front of my apartment. <laughs> I was like, you okay? And she, yeah, yeah my apartment's filthy and like none of this stuff is taken care of. And they, like she said that literally she was couch surfing for like a week and a half 
because they wouldn't let her move in. And then when she moved in, like, none of the stuff they said they were doing was done. And that's and she was the like, thing. What the, what the sh- flip was the point of any of it? There <laughs> like, should be, you should have a right, I feel like, that if something happens to your place and you're waiting on maintenance that you can't get into, that they should have to put you into a hotel. You shouldn't have to couch yeah, surf and find a place to stay. You just, it, it it's so... The, the the tenants' rights are, like, almost nothing. And you hear people talk about them all the time. Like, oh, well, when you move into an apartment, they have to paint it. I never in my life moved into an apartment where they painted the apartment. Yeah. Never. Not one time. Right. And, you know, I have a private yeah. landlord. It's just a guy that owns, like, four apartments on the same street. And, and see, these days, that's, like, the that's like a good scenario. If that's like my The situation. guy actually owns it, like... Because like, if it's like some management company, they literally could care less about how nice the house is or what. You yeah, we went is. we went from the management company situation. I'll actually say this: like, we had these huge cabinets above our sink, right? And we were keeping stuff in them. And one day they started to come off from the wall, and they were leaning off the wall these huge cabinets. So we had to take everything out. We called that management company a hundred times. They never came. And then they just came out and they put two brackets on it and left. And it's like, that's that ain't holding this thing up, man. It's just, everything's done to the cheapest possible way. I, I, the DSA and Columbus and in a lot of city or real cities are focusing a lot on tenants. rights. Yeah. And I do think that like the, the, there are laws on the books and there are regulations on the books that we aren't, going after landlords for at all because we don't know about them but i also i just think there's i just think there's not enough there's not enough rights when it comes to renting renting i i'm a guy that is always going to rent i don't want to own a house i want to be able to just leave and like i just i don't have any desire to own a house but i do know the pitfalls of renting and i know like the types of things the types of cheap things that these these companies and these landlords do and just to squeeze a little bit of money out of you like they they shouldn't be allowed to do that they shouldn't be allowed to leave your plumbing fucked up so your water bill's a hundred dollars my water bill was a hundred dollars last month not because of anything i did but because my my uh my plumbing in my bathroom's fucked up and it sounds like it's running all the time. We called oh 50 God. times and the dude's like, it seemed fine last time I was there. I'm like, I can fucking hear it. I can hear it. But there's nothing <laughs> I can do. I don't have Jesus any recourse Christ. at yeah. all. It's the exact. So <laughs> yeah. The world is just geared toward yeah. landlords and bosses. Well, I. I swear, like, you know, last year was uh, was our city election here. So, like, we have, like, a pretty – I think we flipped, like, nine seats in our council. And, like, the big debate was, like, on housing, affordable housing and, like, tenants' rights. So I'm really hoping that, like, stuff starts to change around here. But, like, honestly, I, I doubt it. Like, it's yeah. going to move so incrementally slowly. Like, right now, like, the housing debate has just become, like, Oh, how can we build more units in in Minneapolis right, so that yeah. like, we can house more people? Yeah, afford- like, well, affordable. Okay, is- great. We can house more people. We can house more people, but like, like, how about the people who already are housed who like are getting the shittiest service like yeah. ever? Yeah, it's and like ha- the most like bare bones like you know requirements, and like they build these new places and they look awful. I mean, I'm sure you probably saw some of them while you were here. Like, <laughs> some of these new places just look awful and like tacky, yeah. and yeah. like. They charge people like, you know, like in, in the university neighborhood, people, other students are like paying like a thousand dollars a month to share a room. 
Like, yeah. can you imagine? Like, that's just ridiculous. Yeah, to that's... share a room with like you know a couple other people. It's like right, and when it's not even affordable... like a bedroom for a thousand dollars. It's it's a bed for a thousand dollars. Right, and then they're and then they're expecting kids to work for minimum wage because they don't have any skills and shit. You yeah, know? yeah, and and that's the other thing is like. uh we passed the $15 minimum wage law, but the only, there's one employer who was exempted from it. And it was the university of Minnesota. The Fuck university of Minnesota doesn't have to pay their students. God uh, damn. Bastions of communism there. <laughs> so are we, allowed to... <laughs> we, we get like a, actually I'm lucky. I just got a job, my first job ever at the university and, and they're paying me just short of $15, which is pretty good. Usually it's like nine fifty. Or ten dollars an hour is your starting wage, but I'm getting pretty, I'm getting like fourteen right now, which is pretty good considering I've never worked there before. I think yeah. I just got lucky, and my department's very nice to me. So, well, that that's great. Yeah, well, no, it's crap. Thanks for calling and letting me yell about uh, landlords. I appreciate it. Yeah, no, talk about landlords more because it's that's the second fight. We After will. The bosses, we got to fight the landlords. We certainly will. I mean, some people work for landlords. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. Well, thanks for calling, man. Let's Absolutely. Let's get this next call call in. Landlords are the worst, man. My landlord's actually good. It's a good situation for me. It's just cheap. They don't have to do anything. You right. Know? You just agree, like, as long as they don't give you any sort of raises in your rent, you won't expect much from them. Yeah. <laughs> That's it. Thanks for calling Street Fighter. Who are we talking to? Skelly? This might be a real skeleton. Skeletonio. What? Really? This is our first skeleton in like two weeks, dude. All right, all right, all right. Uh, one going once, going twice. Let me hear the rattle of your bones. Are you there? Are you there? That's skeleton? my bone noise. I made a bone noise for you. God, I'm pissed at landlords now. You got me all fired up about landlords now, Brett. All right, let's see. Thank you for calling Street Fight. Who are we talking to? Hey, what's up? Not a lot. I'm pissed off about landlords now. What's going on? Yeah, I I actually got a uh, a fun landlord story. Sweet. Uh, so this so uh, this is uh, uh, Stephen from Lawrence, Kansas. Howdy. And Lawrence. I actually got to see you guys when you when you guys came in uh, uh, for uh, the Kansas City show. Hell yeah! Well, I think I talked to you about Lawrence. Did did me and you talk about Lawrence? Yeah, yeah, we did quite a bit. Uh, yeah, and by the way. Definitely come to Lawrence sometime. <laughs> there, we'll yeah. we'll, we'll look into it. We li- I, I liked Kansas City. Best smelling city in the country. Yep. <laughs> Never yeah. been better. Yeah. Uh, Lawrence, Lawrence uh, had some uh, pretty good smells, too, I'd say. Okay. Uh, Kansas City, I, I, I think, probably, probably has a beat, though. Yeah, I by nobody understood. We were telling all of our friends yesterday at a party, like Kansas City is like the best smelling city, and they're like, "No, it's not." Like, what do you mean by that? And I'm like, "It smells good everywhere. So much fried uh, deliciousness. It's the barbecue. Just it's wonderful. It smells like barbecue. Yeah, yeah. yeah, It smells like open pit, smoky, just uh, glazes. Just I just think of like. (laughs) Side dishes, the whole thing just comes to mind when you're there. Brad actually had a a, a life changing sandwich in in Kansas City. He was like, I haven't seen him this happy. What was the sandwich? It was a jackfruit that was pulled like done like pulled pork. Oh my god! It was nice. great, and it had like pickled onions on it. And it had 
uh, regular ass pickles on it. It was uh, saucy. Fucking loved it. It was gigantic. It was like real nice because it was like the size of a small dinner plate. Yeah, it looked like a real barbecue sandwich. They they didn't hold back at all on this thing. It looked good to me, and I was eating burnt ends, which were excellent. Yeah, he he went crazy about those. <laughs> yeah, I can't stop talking yeah, about the burnt, them. the burnt ends are pretty great. Um, I haven't tried with any, tried any of the jackfruit stuff. Well, that sorry, um, that barbecue I haven't place. I've tried jackfruit stuff yet, but I uh, I have heard really good things about that stuff. They really, they yeah. Well, it I, does I really all the stuff. You can get it crispy on the edges and has, caramelize it, and has the texture. It has all the right stuff to yeah. make it a basically a meat thing, and it doesn't taste like vegetables. Like that's always a big problem with me when people are like, "I'm gonna do this fake meat, like this substitute of like pulled pork," and you're like, you eat it, and you're like. No, I taste vegetables in here. I can still try. I have that, but there's chlorophyll, there's chlorophyll. in there. <laughs> <laughs> What's going on yeah. tonight? So, uh, I actually did have a fun landlord story. Well, no, it's not fun at all. It actually really sucks. Uh, it sucks. It's a big, fat sack of suck. Anyway, uh, so this happened to me when I was uh, living in Emporia, Kansas. I was briefly going to school down there, and I was actually like getting ready to like move back up here. It was only like the last few months I was living down there. So I had this kind of weird landlord, and it was like a very weird uh, kind of like loft uh, studio apartment that was um, basically it, it was a, a, an apartment that you had to crouch all the time, almost all the time. Uh, oh, wow. to, to <laughs> because it was just that small. Like, yeah, been, yeah, it was, uh, it was like an uh, over 100-year-old house. And, I, I've uh, been to yeah. one or two of I did meth in one one time. <laughs> that sounds right. Yeah. <laughs> that. Those things, those things happen in those houses. That's yeah, true. I smoked cocaine true. in some of those houses. <laughs> well, this guy, he lived in like an attic apartment, and the bathroom, you couldn't stand up. You had to sit, like the shower, I mean. You couldn't stand up. You had to sit in a chair while you took a shower. It's the, it, the only time I did meth was before an orgy concert in a big, in, a, in like an attic of an apartment, but the whole apartment like the attic was this person's apartment right. and then the other apartment was somebody else's yeah. and you had to like lean. We're all like Joe lean Pop down. Listen, listening to Blue Monday. Yeah. 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 Yes. <laughs> um, so this was, um, this was, you know, that, that kind of house. And so I uh, was kind of like, you know, I was really struggling to just find work down there because it's really hard to find a job down there. Uh, uh, especially anything that's going to be, above minimum wage that isn't going to be it's like every everything is a nightmare job down there so it um and yet somehow i was able to like make rent every month wasn't wasn't late ever once and so there was one month this is like maybe a couple months before i'm about to move up um uh well really but a couple months before my plan to move up because really uh spoiler alert this pretty much meant I had to move immediately, but so what had happened? Uh, he's uh, I like had rent uh, ready for him, and there's no answer on his phone. Like he doesn't answer his phone for like weeks, until finally I uh, I go to um, I, I'm like leaving for Lawrence because I have to you know go check out the place I'm uh, looking at, and so he gives me I just let him know hey so in case you know you want to get rent I am out of town uh, I've left rent in this jar for you you have access to my apartment just come in and get it all that stuff sounds uh, reasonable that was a really dumb mistake because yeah what had happened is he gave, he calls me like basically as i'm looking at the new place and says 
hey, I uh, just went in your apartment. There's no money in that jar. Oh no! So, Are you serious? Yeah, and and like and yeah, and so that basically was, yeah. I was like, well, that is all the money I have. Like that's it. And he's and he basically is like, well, I'm gonna have to start the eviction process now. And I'm what? Like, Great. Yeah. So basically, um, yeah, got all that stuff out, and apparently he had uh, he had even like called a cop to like uh get like come all the way there even after I had left because he wanted to like make sure I was gone. But apparently, what he had, uh, what the cop had done is like knocked on the wrong neighbor's door, who was like a friend of mine at the time, and told them that that they were like looking for me, like basically like and all that stuff, and like it made it seem like, uh, uh, and so I kind of found out that like he had a he actually had like a friend on the force, and so he was like kind of trying to get this uh, this cop to like scare me away from the, uh, the apartment, and, like kind of scare me into paying him stuff like that and he starts like leaving all these like weird threatening uh voicemails on my phone and stuff like that and so basically really i just kind of like ignored it and that was that was it like that i mean there's been absolutely nothing like that has come of this but i mean was the landlord like a a shysty person like did did you have reason to believe they extremely okay so they just saw an opportunity to get the money Oh, yeah, like, I basically, like, was really, the whole time, I was just like, he he was even like, yeah, I prefer uh, cash or check, which, I mean, which, that's a little weird, I guess. Mine's and like the that. Thing, I guess, like, you can, yeah, you can kind of, like, you can kind of, like, um, I guess, cancel a check and stuff like that, but, like, yeah, you, um, yeah, yeah, you, you said you, like, preferred to be paid in cash and stuff, so it was, like... That's bogus, yeah, dude. Yeah. I hate so fucked up. Signs like that, yeah. Paying in cash, you ne- like I, I could, I have to pay in checks, minion checks. Mm-hmm. By the way, if anybody's wondering what my checks are, they're minions checks. But uh, yes. I have to pay with check, and they won't do PayPal. They won't. I was like one time, I was like, y'all should get PayPal, and they're like, well, we have a PayPal. I was like, can I pay you rent on PayPal? And they said no. <laughs> <laughs> I was you like, should God be able damn. to do. You should be able to like pay in Bitcoin and stuff like that. Yeah. Yeah. I, well, I just want to be um, able to pay it online and get it out of the account as quick as possible. Yeah. I hate having checks floating out there. Yeah. No. I want it. I want it. That's actually my current landlord. We do have it set up that way where we can. I can like pretty much just get it out of the way and get it out of my bank account and stuff like that. Yeah. And, uh, but yeah, so that's, it's a lot better with my current landlord. But, um, so there was, um, I, I will be honest, there was another story actually where I wanted to talk to you guys about. Okay. Um, and it involves both, uh, the uh, Kansas right to work laws as well as the, the Kansas drug laws. Okay. Um, so a buddy of mine was, uh, uh, like about, probably, this is like about two years, no, no, it was about a year ago, a little over a year ago. This was in 2017. He was, uh, Basically, he um, was told uh, he was fired for taking an item that he was told was like a free promotional item for for employees, uh, that sort of thing. Where and he uh, he was like they basically told him, hey, you uh, you get this thing for free, and he took it. And they told him, oh yeah, that wasn't the thing that was that was free. What? Uh, what was it? And you have to you have to bring it back. And so he brought it back, and then they fired him. That's fucking weird. That sounds like a setup. <laughs> yeah, and uh, I'm. I, yeah, it pretty much it kind of sounds like it was because uh, he had like gotten promoted and stuff like that. So it looked like he was like kind of on track to being like 
on their good side, but then I guess he like rubbed somebody the wrong way or something like that. I don't know what happened really. They put a uh, hit out on his ass. They straight yeah, up gave him the yeah. package, man. They that was a sting yeah, middle operation. Man, middle management, they can be they can be brutal. Wow, yeah. God, motherfucking yeah. damn it. Um, so uh, so basically, you know, he's like looking for another job. So there's one one night where he's driving home. And a cop follows him home, and he uh, he's just hanging out at his house. And a cop uh, then like just shows up uh, shows up to his house, like just maybe about an hour after he gets there, and asks to breathalyze him. And basically, yeah, he he's been drinking and stuff like that. So they like you know they were, they said like, well, we saw you driving earlier, and it's it, it hadn't been that long. It, and he's like, well, that was like an hour ago. He's like, no, that was like five minutes ago. What? And so they charged him with it. Yeah. And so that's this another thing they can do in Kansas. Yeah. Uh, I mean, yeah. Fuck Kansas. That's, yeah, that's a little bit. your house and charge you with a DUI. That's oh, fucking what? unreal. No they, way. He's driving like five minutes ago. Yeah. Maybe. No way. Yeah. Yeah. And they, they can, they can get you really here if you're just sleeping in your car drunk. Sure. I've had a lot of friends yeah. who, but they drove drunk, right? But when they got there, they passed out in the car. Well, <laughs> the cops come and they're well, like, you can't be in here. It's like, if they if there's suspicion of drugs, they can go to your house. But I, I think since he was out on his lawn, that basically wasn't like they just were able to just kind of come up to him. So yeah. that was it. And so basically, he uh, yeah they they charged him with like a DUI and tacked on a theft charge uh, for related to the, the like the promotional item that he took from like the auto parts like store that he was like working for or whatever. <sighs> and they told him that he wasn't. He, that he basically he could either go to jail if he wanted if he wanted to contest like the theft charge he was going to go to jail for the DUI and like wasn't going to be able to do anything except just go to jail and like what? not be able to drive for like two years after that. Um, oh oh my god! And, and so now and so basically yeah no he they he has to like take like DUI and uh, the class he has to go to DUI classes and like separate theft classes. Uh, like state, like state mandated, Jesus. and take mandatory piss tests every like two to four days, basically. Fuck. I mean, this yeah, is going it, to... which is really really shitty. Uh, well, one because you can't smoke has, weed. Like, a pretty, he has pretty bad anxiety, and he, he needs to smoke. And that's the thing. Like, yeah, yeah, he's and so that's been something that's like real, like pretty draining on his life. And so it's and it's the thing. It's like this started back in like June of last year, and doesn't this doesn't stop for until like April of next year. God. And so, like, it's basically like it. He's like doing doing a little bit better since like he's like kind of he realizes he's only got like a few more months. He has to deal with this shit. But like, there's like it's really like weird. Like the things that they are allowed to do to you to basically like just completely alter your life and have complete control of your life in Kansas. The way they uh, like the cops and uh, even like man, like you know employers will kind of like work together to like do that sort of that's what those things and it's uh really common almost in like uh uh especially in um not not so much in the kansas city area but more so in like johnson county which is uh where this like happened and uh especially in the like the olathe area where and it's uh that's uh an extremely wealthy area um so there and it's it, it you can kind of see where there's a lot of like like um a lot of people want to kind of look the other way when uh, when, empo- when employees are being, like, abused, weirdly enough. And, like, when people complain about their job, they're kind of told to, 
oh, suck it up, you know, it's just a job, that sort of thing. That is, like, really, really common and, and uh, in Johnson County, and it's, like, a really weird, uh, it's, like, a really weird sort of, like, mentality. It's everywhere, people... dude. Yeah, it's, like, everywhere, but, like, that is, uh... It does sound like run amok, it's... though. Well, that's a state where the Republicans really planted their flag and were like, we're going to do all oh. the conservative stuff. Because oh, I've yeah. heard a lot about how, like, how much funding they've cut there that, it, that it's it's really, like, there's almost no social services there. And, like, the state government is basically failing now because they just mm-hmm. don't, don't even have money to run it because that was where they planted their flag. They were like, well, this is going to be the real realization of what a Republican country would look like. And it doesn't sound very good right. to me. <laughs> right. It's it's not working out at all. And um, there, you, there you, can, you can really see that people are um, starting to starting to see that this like just isn't working out. And, and but the thing is, it's um, it's, it's kind of weird to see a lot more of the uh, northeastern. It's basically the more northeastern area, uh, corner of uh, Kansas that seems to be. You see a lot more of this, like, energy. I guess also in, in, in Wichita as well, because Wichita is PSA, and they have which is also pretty active. Um, and, uh, I spent a summer in Wichita. Uh... Oh, sorry? I yeah. spent a summer in Wichita. I hated it. Oh, yeah? How was it? Oh, yeah. My family say, wouldn't yeah. let me play outside because they said there were too many gangs everywhere. I'm not lying about <laughs> that. It's oh my God. the truth. They said, uh, you can't. We live in... This is a city... There are gang members everywhere. You could end up in the Bloods or the Crips if you're out running around. You need <laughs> to stay God. in the yard. And I was like 12. And I was from Columbus. And like, listen, by the time I was like oh, 12 geez. or 13, I wanted to be in the Bloods or the Crips. So I was kind of like, this place sounds like, cool. Oh, yeah. <laughs> right, yeah. Let's, yeah. Sweet. Let's, let's spend some time in the great outdoors. Yeah, but no, they didn't. They that that was a weird place because yeah. they really did feel yeah, like they weird, were. It's just kind of weird. It's mainly just weird, and there's a lot of crack. Yeah, and mess and stuff. Very yeah. conservative. Um, Very conservative. People, people place. yeah, conservative values and a lot of uh, low grade stimulants. Just kind yeah. of dysfunctional. Uh, also, yeah. the first place that I ever saw a gay bar in my entire life. Which I always bring that up, and people yeah. are like, "Wichita, yeah. Kansas," and I'm like, "Yep, that was the yeah. first one I ever saw. It's called Bosom Buddies." Yep. Uh, and there's, uh, yeah, I was gonna say, uh, several Kansas City and, uh, but yeah, I, I don't know. I think that's the only one I know of in, in Wichita. But, uh, anyway, so, yeah, it's, um, it's very, it's a very odd, uh, sort of like power structure. I'd say that, like, you, I mean, it's everywhere. I mean, obviously, but, but you, it is very visible. Um, that sort of like trifecta of government, uh, employer and law enforcement. Sort of, uh, sort of having like a stranglehold on the on the working class, basically, and yeah. uh, and the underclass as well. Uh, basically, just yeah, anyone who uh, you know just isn't them. Yeah. yeah. Um, well, um. Well, thanks for calling in. I really appreciate it. We got a couple more calls to go. And we're getting close to the end here, and but I do appreciate right the stories, man. Yeah, man. Have a wonderful evening, y'all. You, you too. too. Man, I hate the fucking police. The bosses, the employers, and the state government. He, like, that's the thing you yeah, said is a trifecta. I'm like, it. yeah. it's like the, the axis Working of evil. To fuck you up. <laughs> Get all your money. The axis of evil. <laughs> all right, let's see. We got three more to go. Let's make them quick and dirty. Thanks for calling Street Fight. Who are we talking to? 
Hey, fellas, it's Caleb, the Raptor guy. What's up, oh, Raptor, dude? Going, Your phone Bird sounds Man. good this week, Caleb. What was that? Your phone sounds good. Oh, okay, good. Uh, I've called in the past. I was, like, out in the middle of nowhere in Wyoming. But now I'm in an actual apartment in a town, a little more civilized. <laughs> okay. But, yeah, today uh, I'm back in Oregon. And I am running, helping run a rapid trapping blind and a, and a hawk count that I was doing right around a year ago now. Okay, that's cool. And yeah, and actually, so I was posting in the Facebook group, and one of us showed up to where I was working today, and I got to show Julia. Uh, you know, one of our little, so there's a species we catch, we catch a lot of called a shark shin hawk and they're, they're tiny little guys. They're like the size of, uh, they're like the size of a beer bottle. Okay. And so, yeah, I got to show her one of those and it was cool. So it's like a real life human connection was made because of the, you know, the number one in Arco comedy radio show in any station across the nation. It's so beautiful. that was pretty cool to have happen today. <laughs> when yeah. people meet up off when when these meetups happen, it just warms my heart so much. Never thought I'd be the catalyst for so many great people meeting each other. You know? Yeah, it was cool because like we we um I was working and it's uh. In a, in a trapping blind, it's a little sensitive. You got to be quiet or whatever. But we were we were able to have a, a good conversation about a lot of stuff. She she works. Julia works in the vine in the grape wine industry, and mm. I I don't know. I guess I could work in the potential uh, pest control industry of the future because you know the the pesticides of the future aren't more chemicals; it's uh, more birds. That's a good idea. I love it. You're going to train like a whole, you're going to have like an attack team to get those pesky bugs. So that way they don't come rolling through That'd my be... neighborhood and spraying all those, those uh, sprays all over me for the mosquitoes. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I but, like it. Okay. So I just, I just wanted to real quick, get that out. Julia came up to the butte and it was awesome. But one thing I wanted to talk about that I, I was just, I was hiking up to the observation point one morning and I was wearing my old Dale Earnhardt stocking cap that I stole from my dad. Okay. And I realized that NASCAR, like all of the, everything that was good about NASCAR plays directly into what is also good about professional wrestling. Because in professional wrestling, you have baby faces and heels and you have the guys who are supposed to win and the guys who, you know, get, you get jeered and hissed off this boot off the stage because instead of, instead of cheating in a wrestling match, you crash the other driver on the last lap. Right. <laughs> and so <laughs> there's so many, there's, there's so many countless instances in the past. So the most famous one, is the first ever televised NASCAR race. I, I I wish I could remember but who they were. But 
NASCAR has, they go on this whole thing where they're proud of their heritage, where, oh, back in the day in the Prohibition era, we had a bunch of bootleggers running liquor or running moonshine from North to South Carolina. And that's how the girl boys got together and decided, hey, what if we race legally? And so NASCAR has, you know, probably a bunch of Confederate racists or whatever, but we can excuse that part for the sake of the story for now. And the first ever televised race, <laughs> it's at Daytona in Florida, which is, you know, yeah. Confederate flag, waving crowd, heaven. Wild-ass place. And, oh, yeah. Florida is wild. And <laughs> so on the last lap of the first televised race, the drivers who are in first and second place, they crash each other. And they both crash. And neither one wins the race, and the guy, Richard Petty, who's actually a big shithead. I've actually heard, like, <laughs> Richard Petty is, he's, like, considered, quote-unquote, the king of NASCAR because he's won so many races and so many championships. Uh -huh. But I think he's got a Twitter account, and I just remember him saying a, a lot of really bad racist stuff, especially about the Colin Kaepernick things. But okay. anyways, he wins the race. <laughs> in the infield of the racetrack on the first televised race of this sport, the two drivers that crash each other are like, their helmets are off, their gloves are off, and they're like trying to knock each other Fighting, out. Like yeah. it's a bare knuckle, <laughs> it's like a bare knuckle box that, boxing match. That and is pretty so... exciting. Yeah, that is a great sport. <laughs> I once saw a motorcycle <laughs> demolition derby live. I went to these truck pools, which are the worst. I thought it was monster trucks, but it was truck pools. And uh, whatever, you know, it's trucks being loud. It's fine. But during the, like, halftime of the truck pooling contest, they had a motorcycle demolition derby where guys would just run into each other. And they weren't hitting each other hard, but they would run into the other guy's bike, and then they would jump off and start fighting with each other. <laughs> and it was fucking the best <laughs> thing I've ever seen, and I wish I could see more of those. <laughs> Yeah, like, it's just, it's so amazing because there there are other races back in the 90s when I was a kid and was just, was in love with NASCAR. Like, I loved Jeff Gordon and Dale Earnhardt was, you know, he was the heel. Dale Earnhardt was, like, the, the quintessential heel of the entire sport. He had the nickname The Intimidator, and it's because... You know, oh, if you're in first place with like five laps to go and the black three shows up in your rearview mirror, you're out of luck, kid. You're not winning this race. Right. It's because he just like crash you. Yeah, it's a carny sport, <laughs> too. You <laughs> like, it's a carny yeah. sport. Catch you and crash you. Yeah. <laughs> but it's not like that anymore, which is depressing because, you know, it got. It, NASCAR figured out that more people live in California than anywhere else, and so they got a real a bunch of really bland and boring like corporate suck up just nothing burgers men to race these cars but um yeah like dale earnhardt <laughs> I, I just like listen to other podcasts like your kickstarter sucks and like they make dale earnhardt jokes and it's like i mean the way he died is rather unfortunate like he lived unlike actually. the last one yeah he died like he lived exactly <laughs> <laughs> but he, Dale Earnhardt and Tony Stewart and Jeff Gordon were like the last of the Carney generation of NASCAR. And oh, yeah. Because uh, 
yeah, my one like of my Jeff exes Gordon was really big into it. They used to have they used to meet every week for NASCAR, and they all had favorite drivers, and they would have like, you know. They would all have these theories about him. Like, I'd just like to have a beer with him, you know? I don't know how I trust his driver, yeah. but, you know, he seems like a real interesting guy, you know? You just get caught up in his characters. <laughs> well, hey, Caleb. Yeah, right. Sorry, man. We got to get these last two calls in. Where are we at? Yeah, no problem, guys. I, I, I'm stoked to get time. on the show this week. Uh, I'll get down the hill sooner next time. But, yeah, have a nice night, guys. Yeah. Hey, man. And if cool. you want to go um, – you want to go looking at birds. He's the guy to talk to if you're in the area. That's true. I'm or, posting on the Facebook group. Okay, so yeah. So if I'll you want post get, more pictures. If you want to get into the Facebook group, uh, you can do that by sending a message to the page. On, just message us on Patreon. Message us on Facebook. Uh, ask for the link. We'll get it to you. Uh, let's get these calls in. Everybody's going to get answered tonight. We answer all the calls. Every single call. Thanks for calling Street Fight. Who hey. are we talking to? What's up, boys? It's Ben from Ithaca. What's hey. up, Ben from Ithaca? You got to get on the bingo card. Ben from Ithaca. I got to get on what? You got to be on the bingo card now. You yeah, might have made gotta, it onto the bingo I, card. I'm going to put that on my to-do list to formalize this bingo thing. <laughs> I've been trying too hard to get on the bingo card, though. It's like, I feel like I'm too much of a tryhard. Well, you call in, and if you're calling in, then that's a bingo, baby. What if? How I, will you feel yeah. when you get a call and somebody else... Bingo! When you call in, like you're it, the reason they I won. I just don't want to take. I don't want to like steal valor from people who need to say things. You know, my shit's always boring. I don't want to be the person who like steals something from someone else. Well, you you have done it now. No, you're. I mean, there's only yes. one more call on the line. Oh we're, yeah, we're in the last twenty minutes of the show. This thing's gonna time out Hell perfectly. Yeah. Hell yeah. Um, just like last time, I just called to listen because I don't have Wi-Fi at home, but, like, I'll say some bullshit for, like, five minutes. Is that all right? Sure, let's Go hear it. Let's see what you got. Um, uh, I heard someone talking about DUIs earlier, and I just kind of wanted to, like, punch in because, um, my, I've talked about my kind of, like, legal problems on the Facebook group, and... They all stem from having a DUI. <laughs> oh, yeah, and, that's rough. Yeah, it's rough. Um, I'm still in that mindset where it's like it's my fault. I mean, I don't think that mindset will ever go away because I drove drunk, right? <laughs> how, I, I yeah. mean, but how drunk were you? Can I ask how much you drank? I no was judgment like here. moderate. Okay, honestly, I was moderately drunk. Compared to how, can I tell the story? Yeah, absolutely. If you feel okay. okay telling the story, you're more than welcome to tell the story. All right. So I was like Should walking be. home from the bar one night, drinking with my friends, and I was moderately drunk compared to how I usually was. And uh, I walked past a kid who was like, "Oh shit, you scared me!" And he was sitting in the rain because he was homeless. And he was someone I grew up with, and uh, <laughs> I went home and started drinking more, and then um, I got in my car and drove back because, like, I recognized a kid in my small hometown who was homeless, who I hadn't seen since I was, like, 12, and I tried to give him money. I, like, drove drunk to him, and it was, like, 20 feet away from where I lived. Oh. And I, yeah, and That's I, like, begged idea. him to let me... No, it's a really bad idea, right? But, like, you know, like, I was, like, 
very psyched on being drunk and very psyched on helping someone because yeah. it was just you can't drive with like somewhere. that. No, I mean, I was I wasn't driving very well, but I was driving, so I guess I could drive that way. <laughs> but um, I like gave him the ride. I tried to give him a ride to like somewhere he could stay, and I got pulled over for it. And um, pulled over for what? Uh, well, I was drunk and no, driving I mean, someone like, home. Okay, <laughs> driving over the center line. Going to oh, the oh, so like there was a couple reasons. Like, um, where I got pulled over, I was like driving over the center line, but I was turning left in a place, and uh, my turns have like the one thing I got like, like, um marked for on my driving test when I was young was like turning too wide and I turned really wide and I was also drunk <laughs> and that was like what I originally got pulled over for but I was also I was really riding dirty because I was I had like an un uh uh it was like an uninspected car it was like a month out of date yeah that's yeah that's a recipe for disaster yeah. but it was after 2 a.m. Right, that's when they're looking for people. Yeah, <laughs> and um, I don't know. I tried to like, I tried to really fluff up the like sympathy story of how I was like driving a kid I knew when I was twelve home, who was homeless. Yeah, and it didn't work at all. It and made I got you sound drunk, or I can guarantee it made you sound <laughs> no, more drunk. You're like, I saw a kid. <laughs> Man, he was, was like, like 12 years old when I knew him. <laughs> and the cop was just like, all right, walk a straight line. <laughs> no, no, very. they made me take like four more drunk tests than like usual. And I was so sure I passed them. And then I saw a cop walking toward me with handcuffs and I was like, what's going on? I thought I passed all of these. Oh, no. <laughs> I'm sorry. I don't mean to laugh at that, but it's like, I could see. No, being, you should laugh at it. I could see being trashed and be like, well, oh, I did it. I did it. Yeah, I win. I no, got this. No, I'm like, like, even think of it now. I'm like, I'm that drunk right now. I'm not as drunk as I was then. And it, even then I was like half drunk. <laughs> And I was, like, so sure I passed that test. What was the test? Can I ask and you what the tests were that you did? There was a couple of them. There was, like, I had to walk in a straight line. I had to, like, follow the, like, pen in front of my face. Oh, I hate that one. Oh, uh, and there was a couple more. They were very, like, physical tests, so I can't remember because... You were drunk. It was, like, June 2nd. I was pretty drunk. Okay. I wasn't as drunk Moderately as I usually drunk. am. Not as drunk as usual, Shouldn't course. have been driving drunk. Yeah. Like, I'll be honest with you guys. Like, if I was drunk, I would admit to you I was drunk. I already got the fucking arrest. <laughs> but, uh... I don't think you should have been out there. You probably shouldn't have been driving. It's you No, should... I shouldn't have been driving at all. I got the ticket, and I, I... got the arrest. I is don't that think I should have been driving. It's not worth the risk, dude. They fuck... It's so... How fucking expensive is it? Um, it's pretty expensive. Uh, the preliminary tickets were like, the, like, regular fine was almost a thousand dollars. I have to pay, or well, tomorrow I'm going to my first class and it's oh, going to be no. $250. And, uh, there's like surcharges on it. There are at least $300 of surcharges. 
and I had to pay uh, nearly $90 for my uh, conditional license. So it's to the point where it, like, really ruined my life. I mean, yeah, it's not a thing that I'm like, where I'm like, why the fuck did this happen to me? Because I obviously drove drunk in a stupid way. But yeah, that's it's really crazy. Yeah, yeah it's, it's not like worth my first. You gotta like when you get that all riled up with that energy. You just gotta be like, I'm gonna walk there, and then you start walking, yeah. and they get like two or three blocks away, and you're like, I'm just gonna go back home. I think. But he wasn't even two or three blocks away. He was literally eighty feet from my house, oh, and I jumped God. in my car because it was cold. Jesus, that's yeah. <laughs> well, life is about learning, you know, um, yeah. and growth and uh, turning over a new leaf. That yeah, sucks. no, I feel that. that. Really does suck. My dad had like like three or four uh, DUIs, and th- these were in the nineties. There were actually a couple times where the cops just drove my dad home when he was driving drunk. Yeah, that's I've and heard, I've heard that. And uh, I was on that energy. I was on that, like, it, drunk dad energy. I was like, this is what's going to happen. <laughs> and it yeah. didn't because it shouldn't have happened. But, hey, yeah. whatever. Yeah, that sucks. Anyways. Well, yeah. Well, I'm a bad person. It you're a good is, person, right? Ben. You're a good person. Don't <laughs> let people tell you you're bad. You made a very stupid mistake. You made a bad mistake, but you're a good boy. All right, Ben. I'm a good boy. We got to get this last call in. And uh, Have a good night, guys. we'll talk to you next week. Right. Maybe. Yeah. If you call. It just depends. All right. Let's see who's last call tonight on Street Fight. Hey. Uh, hello. How's it going? Good, man. Oh, my gosh. I can't believe I made it. <laughs> you did. We said we were getting <laughs> Hell everybody. Yeah. Hell, yeah. What's going on tonight? You smoking weed? Uh, Yeah. I'm actually closing at work right now. Oh, <laughs> oh wow. Well, and, and yeah, I mean, I'm pretty lit, but you know. <laughs> What's the job? Uh, pizza man. Ah, oh, the best jobs in the world. Not really the yeah, best paying pretty... job, but they're, you work with the best people. Yeah. Oh my God. Yeah. I've been, this is my first job and like, it's been like three years. So now I kind of like run the place. So that's really chill. Sort of. Is, is it know. a chain or is it a independent pizza shop? It's like so like I'm it's like a family owned pizza restaurant. It's like it's one guy, like the CEO dude. Okay. And it's funny, so I like so I work I am in like uh Silicon Valley, you know? Like uh the town called Los Gatos and it's like incredibly insanely rich town okay and like so so i actually like drive by this guy's house on my way to work all the time like i know where he lives he lives in a huge mansion okay so like oh, anyway. that's, but um, it's your boss's house you're passing so he's got, like, he's, what it's your boss's house yeah yeah so he owns like it's like 25 stores it's like based in the Bay Area, but it like goes like down south, like Isla Vista, Santa Barbara, and so it's like Damn. yeah, pretty big store. Yeah, it's yeah, like pretty big, like small chain. It's crazy. And it, anyway. is it good? Is your boss a dick? I don't. I've never met like the guy. Guy. Hell yeah. You know, okay. Like the, the CEO. He's like coming a couple times and stuff. 
I mean, he seems chill, but I've had, like, the regional managers here, I've had tons of problems with. <laughs> oh, really? It's hilarious. Regional managers yeah. are the worst. I will say that. Yeah. They're, like, it's funny because, yeah. And so we're, like, so technically, uh, I guess the company is, like, headquarters is, like, in a, uh, it's, like, at the, on the boss's property, right? Okay. So, like, they're always in our town, and we're the closest store. So whenever the, like, big guy orders pizza, we're, like, bringing it to his house and stuff, because we're, like, the close store. Does he order pizza a lot? Not a lot, like, a couple times a year. I was going to say, if this but, guy's like, ordering pizza every week from his own shop, it's like, come on, dude. <laughs> but I, I no, guess yeah, if no, it's no. your place, then you're making it. Technically, I get whatever. But, no, like, um... The regionals, though, I have a great story. So, like, a couple years ago when I was first starting, right, um, I was working here, and then uh, I had a buddy that worked at this coffee shop, and um, there was one of his coworkers at the coffee shop ended up dating one of the regional managers. And so um, so one day she, like, came into the store, and I was just, like, uh, starting out, and she, like, got a salad, and I just was like, oh, you're dating the regional manager, so free salad just let her walk out with the salad and then like a minute later we get a call and i was with my manager at the time and he's like that was the regional manager and he's pissed he wants me to write you up for this so i got written up for for stealing by giving a regional manager's girlfriend a salad whoa was it a setup i don't know how many setups are going on in these fucking regional managers I don't know. I didn't get, like, in any real trouble, but basically, like, I got, yeah, I don't know. I got, like. Why is that not I cool? Got, like, my, like, if. Yeah. If my, if I don't know, my wife, like, if I'm the regional manager and my wife comes in for a salad, it's just like, nah, we don't need to charge her for that. Yeah, I was, like, I was very confused because I did it, like, I think because, like, some people were giving pizza to the people at the coffee shop. And they thought I was doing that, but I was like, it's your girlfriend. Like, it's your girlfriend. What the hell? <laughs> yeah, just, we won't talk about that. Yeah. We're not going to report this on the sheet. Funny. That's fucked up. Yeah. But anyway. That's stupid. <laughs> Fuck that. But, but, it is late. Anyway, it is late. No, I'm feeling that way, too. <laughs> it's fucking whatever. But hey, I got to say, the pizza life is good, though. Best job. It's, it's the best shitty have job you, you can get. Yeah, no, exactly. I remember hearing, like, on some podcast, someone said, like, the pizza life, it's like, if you just want a job where you can just kind of, like, turn your brain off and do it, and then just, like, smoke a ton of weed, that's the job. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, well, we had an issue, uh, we watched an episode of Undercover Boss with Donato's, and uh, one of the stupid-ass delivery drivers told this CEO that sometimes at the end of the night, if there isn't a bunch of orders... If kids invite him in on campus to smoke weed, he'll indulge. Mm-hmm. And she went haywire. Oh. He said that to the undercover really? boss because he's a dingus. You should never tell someone oh. you're training. And you know what she said? No. You know, she slipped so quickly, too. She said, uh, "She said, you know what I would do if you were my delivery driver? I'd fire you immediately. Yeah. And it's like, why are you talking like that, lady? <laughs> <laughs> you're supposed to be a trainee. Yeah, suddenly, you're suddenly putting yourself above. Oh, my gosh. And also, like. That's an unwritten rule but of pizza that, delivery. That's how pizza gets delivered, right? Weed is what makes pizza get delivered. 
Yeah, and probably I've... the band High on Fire. Yeah, <laughs> or classic Ooh, rock. Sleep, sleeps from here. Oh, oh sleep. Hey. Yeah, classic yeah. rock is actually, probably also with them. Al, yeah, Al helped me move into my one of my houses one time. That's cool. Al from Sleep, yeah, also Snarrows, he's awesome. Uh, but no, um, what was I gonna say? Oh yeah, no, like I've had like for one of the best tips I got was one time I like delivered to like this hotel in town, and there was just like a bunch of like electrician guys in in a room together, and they just had like you know a couple of like big bottles of Hennessy, and they were just like ordering like a hundred dollars worth of pizza and the dude gave me like 20 bucks and then he grabbed like one of i've never seen a jar this big like the long jars just full of some kush and he just like handful of kush maybe like six grams of kush it was awesome damn I'm about <laughs> that's to hit a hookup yeah, no. that is a hookup that oh i've been, i've delivered to like houses up here one time where like i've seen like people like picking cleaning like trimming buds on the table and shit <laughs> yeah, I mean that seems it's pretty crazy. pretty common. Yeah, no, it's like that's like the we're up in the mountains over here, like Santa Cruz mountain area is a bunch of weed. It's crazy. Hell yeah! Well, thanks for calling. We gotta we gotta get out of here. We're running out of time. Yeah, thanks for yeah thanks for oh my god I can't believe I made it on. You have a good day. Thank yeah, you. thanks for calling in. We appreciate it. Folks, we're going to keep it under three hours. Can you believe it? We're not going to get there. We're not going to make you listen to three hours of radio, just two hours and 56 minutes. Thanks for listening to Street Fight Radio. If you want more of what we do, head to streetfightradio.com. You can find us on social media, at Street Fight WCRS, on Twitter, Facebook, Tumblr, Instagram, Snapchat, all of those. Uh, you can also watch the live feed of the show every single Sunday on twitch.tv slash streetfightradio or youtube.com slash WCRS. We now have a fully unified chat, so everybody watching the stream can talk shit together. There's a lot of good stories uh, that are going on in the chat right now, so get involved, get listening to Street Fight every single Sunday night. Uh, we are on the, what is it, Pacifica Radio Network, part yeah, of hell yeah. the... For, we are in the Free Press Studios, 92.7, 98.3 here in Columbus, Ohio, uh, thank you for tuning in. We are Street Fight. Peace.